Oh, hold on. I'm out of breath here. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Hello once again. Welcome back to Enter the Nerdum. I'm here with Stan Morancini, Watson Bradshaw, and I'm Chad Cook. And we have here our special guest this episode, Tim Bannock. Hi. Say hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but why do you have a gun to his head when you say? Oh, sorry. I say hi. Yes. Tell yes. them you're sorry. safe, Tim. <laughs> I'm still safe. I mean, there's a safe word you'll hear throughout the episode, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If it's dragons, it's click, I'm click. Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell them you're safe. Yeah. Click, click. <laughs> <laughs> Enter stock uh, reloading of a gun. Yes. Oh, go. good sound effects. Thank right, you. Right, yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's homemade. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, Tim, uh, we brought you on because uh, you are our. Um, Aficionado, I guess, or or maestro of everything D and D. I like maestro, yeah. Maestro. yeah Resident good. maestro, <laughs> game yes. maestro, yeah. dungeon, dungeon maestro. maestro. Yeah, yeah, there you go. The yeah. dice maestro. Like oh, that's a nice one too. And uh, yeah, let uh, we we kind of want to like get into it. Uh, all things D and D, and then also other other nerd things because we are the nerddom, and we're mm-hmm. not just right. one thing. We're many. We are many. <laughs> So. I think that's a different. Uh, what do you that's mean? That's a different group. So what are you trying logo. to say? I'm that, just saying. Join us. Yeah. Are we talking about the Demon Legion? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. So Tim, drink this Kool Aid. You'll be fine. Yeah. yeah, you'll be fine. One of us. <laughs> just wear the robe and. Oh, I forgot my robe, guys. Oh, Damn right? it! Again. What kind of Again. cold is this? <laughs> my robe's in the wash. Oh. Before we get too. Uh, off the rails. <laughs> Already too late. Yeah, Already two seconds in. Oh, wow. Tim is another member or, uh, well, yeah, current member. Current. Another current member of our uh, comic book reading Rainbows group that uh, we wanted to bring on the show. And uh, yeah, you know, we're, we're glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here. I'm uh, very excited to talk about a lot of nerdy nerdy things. I think D&D is one of the nerdiest things. So yeah. It's, it's up the there. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so what, what got you, what got you first, or I, I guess, when did you first get into Dungeons and Dragons? How did you enter the nerdom of yes, D&D? Right. Well, yeah, let's start from the beginning. Was there a drawbridge? Um, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. When did you in drop the, the first die? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did the, uh, I think they call it the, it's sort of like the official method of, uh, most people getting into D&D, at least, uh, pre-critical role and stuff like that. Was bullying? The, was, <laughs> no. <laughs> you would think so. No, the bullying comes after you join. <laughs> um, no, it was the, it was the, my cousin got me into it. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. And so, uh, that was true for me. So my, I had an older cousin, um, who was about the same age as my older brother. Mm-hmm. They, <clears throat> they were already playing it. And, uh, so they, they wanted, um, someone to absorb some trap damage. And, uh, I was five <laughs> years old. Cannon fodder. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> just sent exactly. you in. <laughs> that's literally just what I was. Leroy Jenkins it. Just go yep. on. <laughs> and that's what I did. I, I was five years old at the time, so oh, wow. I literally had no idea what I was doing. I saw like these cool math rocks and was like, "Oh, that's <laughs> awesome!" Oh man! And uh, and yeah, so they had me had me join in. And uh, do you know what I was hooked. character you played at the beginning? Like, um, you know, I I don't know for a hundred percent certain, but I know an early character I came up with was uh, uh, Lion Man. 
Lion Man. Lion Man. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and I and I literally just pictured this guy who had a lion's face, that, and there was nothing special about him. You know, D and D is all about the rules and mechanics. I had none of that. I knew none of that. So I just wanted a dude with a lion's face. Hey. Oh, I thought it was an actual D and D character. Well, there is there is a race of cat people. So right. There, it turns out there are. But oh, that but you, came, this I is something think, you created. Yeah, this oh, was something I created. Cool. And, and so I they owe that, you money. For yeah. That. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll call up their lawyers. Soon. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, what um, what what got you to stick around with uh, with playing it? What what was it specifically about the game that interested you enough to to keep doing it? Um, yeah. So it was it was definitely the collaborative um, aspect of having fun because it's it was different from video games. Which when I was five, video games were actually fairly new. So I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, but like the Atari was out, NAS had just come out, mm-hmm. and so like I, I knew of those things and I liked them. And I knew of board games, and I liked them. But the collaborative aspect of Dungeons and Dragons is what um, changed everything for mm-hmm. me and, and hooked me, um, you know, from then on. And I and I loved it from that first moment, and never stopped loving it right until today. I've never, I've, you know, so many people like, oh, I've took ten years off after yeah. college or something, mm-hmm. didn't play role playing games for a long time. I never took time off. Oh, wow. I've been playing wow. in games, you know, since then. Nice. <laughs> Um, and it, and it was that collaboration. I think it's that aspect of, you know, everyone's at the table to work as a team to create a story and, and a a world and stuff like that. And I think that's what makes it so unique, Mm -hmm. um, from other, other types of these games, like, you know, computer games, uh, you know, video games are, um, you know, necessarily limited to a finite number of choices and a, and a finite world. Um, or worlds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You can buy different games, but once you have that game, you're in that game and you're playing that story and yeah. you're making the choices limited by that. Um, and board games are the same thing. And role-playing games don't have the same limitations. Um, you can, you know, there are games that have a specific focus or whatever, but you can literally sit down and with certain rule sets, there's games that are universal role-playing game mm-hmm. systems. I'm sure we'll talk more about this stuff later on, but um, you can you can have a system that supports any genre, mm-hmm. any types of characters. Um, there are games as wide ranging as you know Dungeons Dragons. You get the fantasy. There are superhero games like Marvel, um, which some of us have played here. Yep. Um, yeah. And there are games. There was a Smallville role playing game. Oh wow! And, and it, you know, not just like this is a really? Superman game. This is yeah. Smallville. So teen dr- romance drama role-playing game with superpowers nice and really that was a real thing and, yeah. and there's a my little pony game and so they've they've touched on everything mm-hmm. um and so you know you can and you can build that you know with do you have a you favorite people. of um, like all the possibility uh, all the possible genres i mean there's obviously the fantasy world of D, but then there's like star wars as you said marvel mm-hmm. and and the like is there a favorite one you, you've um, I think D and D has always been the mainstay because okay. I love fantasy. Um, but I, a close second has been superhero games. Oh, okay. um, I've I've always been into you know superhero comics, with yeah. Marvel and, and DC and stuff like that. Um, now so since those... uh, since the inception of D and D, there's been what five or six different versions of it. I mean Pathfinder and and, yeah. and the like. Is there one that sticks out to you? Do you like? The newer version? Do you like? I go old school. Like, how do you? Where do you? Where do you stand on all that? Uh, that's a great question, and there's a lot of history to that. So there's a lot more than five versions. Yeah. <laughs> what is D and D? And how do you D and D? Do we want to get that basic? Uh-huh. I mean, we could. I mean, you know, yeah, we can get really into the weeds of it and, and talk about the you know the whole origin yeah. of it and stuff. But 
Well, well, yeah, I'll answer your question first, and then yeah. we can maybe go in that direction. Uh, <laughs> but, yes. A little history. My, my favorite, um, so I, for a while it was the fifth edition because it's, it's the cleanest, most modern, streamlined. Um, and that was true for a short time, and then mm-hmm. it got bloated. And uh, so that actually drove me back to um, what's colloquially known as the BX or Basic Expert Edition, mm-hmm. which is I think was published in about 1980. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was uh, kind of a revision of OD&D or Zero Edition because the editions are all numbered really weird, and that's why <laughs> there's more than five. <laughs> um, I don't know why. You know, who, it's all backwards. Yeah. Numbering anyway. So, but uh, yeah, BX is my favorite, um, right and because it's it's actually cleaner and simpler than fifth edition in a lot of ways but also has a little bit more robust tools for the dm and if there's one thing we can probably spend a ton of time on or may not want to though (laughs) is uh is the is the quote-unquote dm problem that it's it's hard to gm and Mm. it's hard to you know create a game that's not actually true and uh the bx edition of the game has these very robust and also simple streamlined tools that prove that it's not hard to do Mm. anybody can get in use these tools and be able to run a game nice. within oh. minutes. That's wow. awesome. So, so what you said that the fifth edition got bloated. What do you mean by that? How did it get bloated? Um, so yeah, so part of the, you know, the necessary evil of, of publishing these games is you got to make money. And so you got to keep publishing stuff for them. Right. And, uh, Wizards of the Coast, who's the current publisher, they're owned by Hasbro. Um, they're incredibly smart. Um, and they realize that <coughs> players, are more numerous than dungeon masters and so it's mm. nice to to give dungeon masters some monster books and stuff like that but it's even nicer to give players right. loads of options so we talked about <laughs> uh cat people races yeah. earlier uh so so wizards of the coast knows to just keep pumping out new races new classes new subclasses which are like customization uh choices you can make for your class so you you know not everyone who's a fighter is going to wield a sword and a shield like you right. might have a bow you might have uh, pole arm, you might have all these things, and they have specific subclasses and feats and all these things that allow you to specialize and tweak those and become better mm-hmm. and more focused. And they keep pumping those things out. And so, bloated, I think, mostly means on the player's side, but also means on the the GM side. I'll I'll uh, take a swing at Wizards on this one. Wizards of the Coast. Um, <clears throat> I think they they continue to release very poor tools for the game masters. Um, they keep putting out stuff, good mm-hmm. uh, these these campaigns that are pretty cool, epic stories, but it's they're often very overwritten and very hard to run. And mm. because they don't have the same streamlined set of tools that I mentioned that BX right. has, um, it's it's very difficult to get up and running with a game of any edition since then because they're not focusing on how to make those parts of the game easier to get into. Do you feel Do- like they've somehow like muddied up the, the whole ideal of the game, like that Dykstra came up with and or is it Gary Dykstra, right? Was the uh, Gary Gygax Guy Dave Artisan. Oh, man. Yeah. Why are they to- Come <laughs> on. Get off the podcast. Yeah. Get off the podcast. Get out of here. You're done. Ah, man. You're a nerd card, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. <laughs> Um, do I think, uh, no, I, you know, I, I don't think they've, you know, really kind of gone too far astray. I think, I think they make a great game Mm -hmm. and, and they're, they're making the game for a very specific audience. Um, and I hesitate, hesitate to say it's like, they're, they're like trying to, you know, milk it for the most popular 
audience because I don't think that's necessarily what it is either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly how to sum it up easily, but I think overall what it creates is is they they aren't looking to make the game easier to run. They're looking to make money off of um, the options and keep people's interest um, in the brand. Right, and I think that's a very different mentality than originally what it was like you know you, you don't buy a board game and uh buy t-shirts for it and all this stuff as, right. as a matter of course like you buy the board game and you want to play the game and, and i think if wizards has lost sight of anything it's only that they're too focused on a brand as a whole then how the game itself mm-hmm. can be easier to run right. um but they're they're not it's not like they're automatically putting out bad product because of that they're doing some great mm-hmm. things has that been since Hasbro took control, or is that prior to that? Um, it, it's a it's a little bit of both. I think you know, uh, there's there's a couple really great books. If, mm-hmm. if you want to dive into the history, which we should not get into because it's so long, <laughs> right? And I'll bore you to tears with that. Um, <laughs> if we want to get into the history of it, there's some really great books. There's one I think it's called Slaying the Dragon. If I'm not mistaken, I might be off on the title a little bit, but that was very recent. And they go into the 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 history of the business behind it. And uh-huh. you can see all this really cool stuff of um, how it started off as a game. And they're like, let's make this game right. as fun as possible. And then it became a business. And all of a sudden you had these people who had no idea how to run a business <laughs> involved and, and they're trying yeah. to make it like a successful business. And then uh, TSR um, got new management and I'm going to about to answer your question. Finally, uh, <laughs> um, they, they finally realized, okay, how can we do both things? Mm-hmm. And, um, then Hasbro came in and actually, I think they right off the bat with their third edition, which was right around 2000. I think that came out. They actually, uh, went back to the drawing board and did a lot of good things right off the bat. Um, and tried to move it back into that game first mm-hmm. mentality and did a lot of good stuff with it. Um, but you know, over the years, as it became more and more popular, and especially since uh, streaming came along mm-hmm. with um, actual play videos like Critical Role and, and uh, things like that, they've the brand is is far more important because the brand is what right, makes them right. you know ten thousand times more, more money, money than, than the, the actual books. game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's I was trying to explain D and D to my wife, and just like she's like, do you need to buy a list? I was like, no, it's just you need dice in your imagination. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing. So it's like, as a business, like, and and you know, there's so many people that do custom dice and stuff like that. There's so many ways to, to buy dice. It's not like right. like like they don't have the mon- monopoly in another game, but they don't have it on just <laughs> dice, right? So how do they how do they make money off that? How do they make it profitable? And you're right, like they do all this little expansion stuff. And, and yeah. yeah, I think I could see like them trying to figure out a way of like, God, how do we make this? How do I make any money off this? I don't know. Because it is literally just like, as long as you got a pen and pencil and, and a brain, you can kind of create yeah. whatever world yeah. you want. Yeah. And, and so for you, I mean, um, do you, do you prefer DMing? Do you prefer playing? Like where, where did, where do you really feel at home? Uh, doing what you do. Um, I, I'm what's known as the forever DM. Um, so I, I'm <laughs> o- most often DMing. And, I, and a DM I, is a dungeon. Yes, dungeon, dungeon master, master or a game master. I, <laughs> yeah. I pr- actually prefer the term GM. game mo- moderator. Ooh. Oh, excuse reasons. me. Yeah. Like, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I don't, I don't mean that to sound pretentious, although it does. Um, but, but I think that's a better representation of what it is. I'm not the master of the game. Like, mm. you know, I mentioned collaboration is the whole point of it. Like, we're, it's, it's, you know, four or five people sitting at a table. Like, we're all in this equally 
I might have a scenario behind the thing that you don't know what's going on, but you're the ones who are going to make it fun because otherwise, right. to yeah. me, it's just a map with some traps on it. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's just garbage. Um, so to make it fun, you got to be collaborative. So game moderator is much more the mentality of like, okay, you guys bring your characters to the table. I've got this adventure. I'm going to fairly adjudicate how this stuff works, and I'm going to find a way to make the pacing as fun for you guys as right. possible and bring you into this world as much as possible. So it's much more of that collaboration. That so as you can probably tell based on that description, I love you know, being yeah. a DM. <laughs> is, it, is it frustrating? I mean, do you find it frustrating or is it exciting when, are you? I mean, like, are you trying to guide them to, like, they got to get through this door? Or is it like, oh, they're not going that way. Good thing I've got, like, three alternatives to that. Or is it, you know, like, is it just, like, yeah. guys, you should really try going down that hallway. Like, I don't know. Like, how do you... How do you keep the pacing of a game going? Or is it just like, all right, is it like jazz where it's just like, we're going to see where it goes? Oh, the, yeah. So that's, I think the most popular um, kind of misconception is that the game master as as the master, and, and the reason why I hate that term mm -hmm. is is that you're, you are trying to guide people. Like you've got mm -hmm. your story. Yeah. And so whenever you hear, uh, whenever I hear anyone use the term story, I'm going to run you through my story. Like, no, like mm -hmm. if I, I read a story or I watch a story on film, those are things that, you know, are finite. Somebody else has created them and I don't collaborate, right. you know, with that vision. The The whole thing that makes these games unique is is the collaboration, right? right. So yeah. uh, when I, the, I think the best way to word it, and somebody else said this, uh, I want to say I saw it with uh, a guy named Justin Alexander. Um, who said it, may, he may not have been the first, but he's certainly the one I, I know. And it's, you don't create a story, you don't create a plot, you create a situation. And that's mm. all, that's the best scenarios, are there mm. situations. So I'm creating, um, you know, a map, it's got some treasures, it's got some monsters, and there's probably gonna be um, problems with the monsters. Before mm -hmm. you guys even bring your characters to the table, there's factions maybe, you know, and some of the monsters hate each other. And uh, maybe some of the treasures are locked away and the monsters would love to have them too. They're not just mm -hmm. guarding them. They yeah. also want the treasure, but mm -hmm. they can't get to it because whatever traps are in place. And so now you have a situation. You have these factions who hate each other. Uh, you have different people who may or may not ally with the players. And then you introduce the players to the situation. So they might be there for their own motives that they create. Do they want the treasure? Do they want to kill all the monsters? Do they want to carve up the monsters and turn them into uh, hide? Uh, you know, We're uh, set fire to the place, <laughs> <laughs> or burn it all down? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you you supply the motivations. I've got the situation. But then we see how it plans out. Do you go befriend the goblins in order to murder all the kobolds, or do you try to just kill them all, or whatever? You know, and and that's the fun of it. Um, a, a big thing um, that you'll see in some of uh, the ways adventures are published and stuff like that is that it's a plot mm -hmm. and it's like you, you go from beat to beat and, yeah. and thing to thing and you lead people along and I just feel like that is that's not getting it like mm -hmm. you, you can run the games that way and I think there are people and I've probably even done this myself that can do it well under certain circumstances if everyone goes in knowing that's what they're there for like right. you're there to uh, not just like raid this dungeon but you're there to like uh, you know go on the quest and throw the one ring into the Mount Doom or, or yeah. something like that. Sounds familiar. Mm, that's, <laughs> know, yeah. That sounds stupid. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Uh, hey, did you come up with that? <laughs> Can we just use eagles? <laughs> right? Where were the eagles? Fly, um, you fool. But yeah, if, if everyone comes to the table knowing 
that they're on kind of a railroad ride, it can be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we mentioned that we played this Marvel game, uh, yes. Watson and I. Yeah. yeah, please. That was interesting. You guys were talking yeah. about it before the podcast. What is it? So you, you were talking about how you can take the D&D model and apply it to anything, not just fantasy, right? Right. Um, yeah. So the, the, in this particular case, we were, we're, it was a podcast called uh, Let's Start Over, Shall We? And it was uh, shout out to the <laughs> yeah, shout, shout, out, shout out to the uh, you know currently on hiatus podcast yeah <laughs> um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah so the so the the that was the uh, brainchild of uh, Leon who mm-hmm. um, was like you know let's run the MCU characters um, but they make different choices mm-hmm. and so um, you take the this superhero game we we used the 1980s Marvel phase rip system it was great by the way (laughs) going through those old books and like oh my lord like yeah it was so much so much fun yeah a lot of nostalgia there yeah um but yeah you 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 go in and so that one was a little bit more of a railroad in the sense that we're like okay you're playing this MCU character so you have your character in a sense mapped out their personality um and some of the situations were known ahead Mm -hmm. of time because you know like what um, you know, enemies are in play by that point. Like Red Skull's already defeated by the time we start yeah. this, so mm-hmm. he's not going to just show up out of nowhere or, <laughs> or whatever. You know, um, and so there was a little bit of that, like guiding the story a little bit. But even then, it's like we worked very hard to distill it down to like, okay, we know we have to get to Iron Man two, yeah. but what are the interesting choices before that or that lead into that? And, and let's make that situation. Yeah, I mean, the, the beauty of it was, like, c- characters completely changed, which was so... Be- yeah. Like, like I think by Iron Man... Or, I mean, it might be a little spoiler for the podcast, but... Yeah. No. Uh, it's Pepper, like three years old. Yeah, now. Pepper yeah, Potts <laughs> ends up joining S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Really? So she's a oh. S.H.I.E.L.D. agent oh, by, it, by in, the, in the podcast. That it's, happened organically yeah. in the podcast? Yeah. That it wasn't, did. like, something you guys planned out? Like, no, Not at all. Really. No, just Coulson and her end up, like, hanging out more and... Yeah. Yeah, it was a little bit behind the scenes. Uh, the the player of Pepper Potts, Callie, she she mm-hmm. was like after after the events that happened in the first or second session or something like that between her and Tony Stark, she was like, well, you know, Pepper Potts' story in the MCU has these kind of holes in it. Like she's mm-hmm. this very you very know, capable character, capable character yeah, right. who is not given a capable role until right. much later on. Right. Very behind like, the scenes, yeah, right. And so she was like, how can I, how can I make this more apparent earlier on? And, and just the way her interplay was with Tony, she was like, I need to get away from Tony Stark mm-hmm. in order to, to achieve but you realize how toxic that relationship really yeah, is. Right, right. And, and it makes sense. Like if you watch the movies, like that could, that was a totally oh, valid yeah. choice for yeah. her to not take on Stark yeah. Industries. And so in this, we're like, okay, how can we do this? Let's, let's go, you know swing for the for the bleachers and so she decided you know i'm gonna join shield and yeah. then make it this very different take on and then the like her character. and black widow end up like pairing up a lot i think and, uh, I mean, mockingbird mockingbird yeah. we used right. mockingbird because we, we didn't have black widow cast for a while that's right oh, what wow. was the <laughs> so good wow what was the uh system you used like was it the bx or was it like the current so yeah we we used this old uh is a 1980s uh tsr actually who who also published D D. they had the marvel license back in 19 1980 whatever eight something like that yeah. I don't know and so they made a Marvel role playing game oh, no, um, no way. and so Leon's whole pitch of this whole thing was the MCU but using this old you know kind of rusty garbage <laughs> system um, <laughs> that still somehow plays fairly it, yeah it was really like, intuitive like once yeah. you get used to the uh, 
like because it was boy it was like like a like a red scale green scale like it was stuff like that i don't know i don't remember exactly but Mm. like once you got into it you're like oh okay i can i can work with this it wasn't you weren't rolling dice for for outcomes well i mean kind of were but yeah it's it's yeah it's a lot less um I don't want to say it's less mechanics. It's it's a little bit more streamlined than D and D. D and D has a lot mm-hmm. of like subsystems. This was like anytime you needed to roll for anything like with a superpower, basically you you would just roll percentile dice and you'd mm-hmm. you'd have this color coded chart which would that tell you it. your success level. So mm-hmm. instead of just rolling, uh, I had that printed and laminated out. Just yeah, like, <laughs> really? I did. Yep. I was like, just yeah, enough. It, because it tells you it's not just like pass or fail. Yeah, uh, which is D and D system. Mm-hmm. It's it's like you pass with um, you know, barely, um, or right. you pass with flying colors and yeah. stuff like that. And so okay. you had different gradations of success and failure. And so it really kind of like put a lot on the players to be like, okay, well, you succeeded, but not a lot. How do you describe that? And right. so they oh. get to, and you could mm. screw the pooch where you're like, I'm going to yeah. knock this guy out. And then you, you roll and then you're like, Oh, I just killed this guy with one punch by accident. You know, like <laughs> right. it was really like, it was kind of fun to do it that way. <laughs> That's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> well, because well, what it did, that system, the part of the fun of the 80s system was that uh, it kind of like took into account like some heroes are not, are anti-heroes. So like, mm-hmm. you know, taking into account like a Punisher or Wolverine, it was like, how do you do that? So in this system is like, if you use a lethal weapon yeah. and you roll the highest result, you do a lethal result. So like if you go in and <laughs> you're like it. and you're Wolverine and you're like oh I'm gonna I, you know I can't kill Magneto I gotta knock him out you know in order to find out where his base is or some stupid thing like that like you can't go in there using your claws because right. you're probably gonna chop off his head yeah. you know what I mean or, or whoever it is maybe not Magneto but um, but yeah like and so we and we the whole point of this exercise of doing this game with that system was we're like the dice fall where they may mm-hmm. so if yeah. if Pepper Potts gets killed in episode one that's how it works and, and how that reverberates it. through all the right. movies you know like right. how those choices really change yeah. the dynamic you know yeah. to where the point where you get to the avengers and it could be a whole different team you wouldn't know yeah wow. so you guys mentioned a system and the differences between the systems mm-hmm. like so i've only ever played i played D once uh prior to me playing it a couple times with some friends over zoom and that's it mm-hmm. so i probably played it maybe half a dozen times if that what do you mean by systems? I didn't know that there was a different. I knew that there was different versions of D and D, but I thought there was just like, oh, they added some more strength to like the skeleton soldiers, or <laughs> they took out like the uh, the the problematic character that's now a problem that wasn't mm. a problem back in the seventies. <laughs> that kind of right, thing. Yeah. I thought that they that's what it, that yeah, guy, the Amazon yeah. Warrior. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, that kind of thing. Like, so what do you mean that there's differences in each system? Like, would it, if you could boil that down? Yeah, I, I know it's complicated. Um, well, yeah, I think this <clears throat> this goes into like you know the meta conversation about what is role playing game, and, and we won't go into the craziness of it. But I I think you know to boil it down. Um, Role-playing games have existed since 1974, I think, is when Gygax and Arneson made D&D. And, um, and there's been a nonstop um, DIY element in the industry um, before it was really even an industry where people were tweaking it. And they're like, mm. okay, how can I do D&D? But in science fiction, you have a game called Traveler that kind of does that. And so um, some of them were clearly just like an offshoot of D&D. D&D, um, you'll find D&D is actually the kind of like through line into games like Final Fantasy, the first ones of those have the exact same stats, exact same playable races and classes as mm-hmm. in D&D. Mm-hmm. But then people tweaked them and made them for these other genres and pretty soon they get wildly different. And so by different systems, it means different game, basic game mechanics in the same way that Monopoly is 
Um, actually, I haven't even played Monopoly in a long time, so I could be <laughs> messing this up. But you roll a d6 and then move that many spaces. Is my yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow, it's been that long. I hate Monopoly, by the way. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, compare that to a game like, um, like Risk or... Um, you know, Gloomhaven, which doesn't oh, yeah. use dice. I love Gloomhaven. That's so much fun. crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we got to do a, yeah. We'll, uh, we've never even heard of that. Oh, it's a, uh, my buddy is a big uh, tabletop gamer guy. And you should do so, an episode of that. It'll take you about 17 uh, years. Years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I saw that Gloomhaven's on the top of the, uh, there's a, like a, a tabletop mm-hmm. uh, game list and it's yeah. Number one, been there for like four years or five it's, years. Yeah, like it's that. fantastic. It's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's very expansive, like like D and D, where you can just kind of go anywhere with it. So yeah, um, but yeah. So so the systems thing is all that. There's these all these different games that have sprouted up over the years to to handle these different ideas of genres and types of characters. And so a game like D and D, you know, fundamentally can't handle superheroes. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can only have so much strength before a d20 died just can't handle you know the math on yeah. it. or or <laughs> the like the tropes of the system you know are, are the such that like the narrative of it isn't really going to work for that high level of power um so you need a different system to handle like a superman so you know dc had their own system um and so on and so forth and like some games are don't have any dice involved at all they're completely diceless you might have um uh, just tokens, and so it's just a matter mm-hmm. of like bidding tokens or th- mm. things like that. Um, my cousin is a is a game designer, um, and has has made several. Um, one of them is Descriptors, and his it's a word game role playing game, and so you you never use a randomizer or anything like that. You just have I think it's four adjectives on your character sheet, and you can spend those adjectives to succeed. And uh-huh. once you run out, though, you can no longer succeed. So you have to be careful about. When, when you spend you, them, oh, that's awesome! And then you can you can go quote unquote fishing for new adjectives um, in a scene by like going and you know it might be like your training montage <laughs> or going shopping for uh, for mm-hmm. weapons or something. Like yeah, that. and so you can see what kind of what kind of adjectives can I pick up? Oh, there's a there's a sharp knife, so you get sharp. So now you've gained another adjective, and so now you have another chance to succeed further down the line, or something. Oh. And so, and th- I mean, and that's just scratching the surface. There's a million different games, um, and now I think. With D and D's resurgence and popularity, um, the the industry as a whole, like you know, the what is that? A rising tide lifts all boats, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, the, it just took off, and now yeah. you can go to places like itch.io. We used to be uh, for all about indie video games. Oh, um, great, great site if you want to see like people creating, you know, a one person team creating a video game that's probably going to be memorable for life. Like, there's so many cool things on there, mm-hmm. but there's this huge. Um, underground of role-playing game creators who use itch um, because it's a great resource for them to to do so and make a few bucks off of you know a a role-playing game that fits on a 16-page pamphlet or something like that as opposed to the three 200 page you know or 300 page (laughs) books yeah yeah that that make up dnd like that it's it's exactly like um board games in that way that Mm -hmm. there's just a huge gambit they run all you know prices and styles do you see them upgrading from five soon or it'll be longer of this throwing new characters and uh, and the like in or 
Um, I mean, because how many years has it been now since five came out? Uh, twenty fifteen, I want to say, yeah. is about oh. when the, when it launched. Um, so they're so they're they've got the fiftieth anniversary is coming up next year, and they they're launching a revision of oh. the fifth edition. Okay, um, they they are very specifically <laughs> and pointedly saying it's not a new edition. It's not they, six. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not it's not a new one. Um, but it is very clearly a heavy revision. Mm. Um, in the sense that they're they're going back to the fun fundamentals of like say uh, each class and being like okay let's distill this down and make Clean certain abilities better yeah exactly okay. exactly so when they put out a new edition what do you is it a book that they put out yeah because i've seen the because again i don't know that much yeah. about dungeons and dragons but i've seen like books and books and books. like the first time i ever played it a friend of mine was like hey let's play i was like, okay so he comes over to my room this is when i was still in the military and he just brings like stacks and stacks of books and i'm like <laughs> what the I'm like, what is this, dude? That's your homework. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I was like, yeah. I was just rolling some dice and you know, and we're shooting the shit. And yeah. he's like, he's, and then he's like, oh, we got to create your character, and he busts out these sheets and sheets of stuff. And and he's like, okay, you got to roll for this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's like, when the two hours later, out. they love yeah, that stuff. Two hours later, we're still going over my character. He's like, yeah, here you go. You finally made your character. And I was like, we haven't even started playing. Like, what is <laughs> you know? Holy shit! So what do you when they put out a, a new edition? What is that? They, is that a stack of books that are, or? Uh, yes, um, for D and D it is. So it's it's kind of funny. D and D is is actually fairly unique in the sense that each edition is usually a massive shift in how the game plays. And and most role playing games aren't like that. There are a few others that are like that, but most of them, an edition is like they literally just revise some text, clean mm -hmm. up a few things, add a couple new things due to popular you know uh, support or whatever. D and D is unique in that each edition. Uh, um, largely, not not every single edition, but most of them are radical shifts in, in the game mechanics. Um, and there's no real explanation for it other than um, because it was the first, it certainly wasn't, you know, in a lot of ways, the best. Mm. Um, you know, because it was, it was a couple guys in the Midwest who were big war gamers and they, they didn't know. I mean, the first D&D &D isn't even called a role-playing game. You know, the first... Th couple editions aren't even called a role-playing game because it wasn't a term at the time yeah um they, they were miniatures gamers war gamers mm -hmm. and so all their systems all these little subsystems and all this craziness made sense for war gamers who are coming from napoleonic right um, yeah. miniatures <laughs> gaming and uh you know who, who read conan and all this stuff um <laughs> it, and it doesn't mean squat to people who especially nowadays who are in it to effectively just do ren fair role play you know or, so, or something like that you know they're different styles of gaming and both are, are totally valid but they they do different things and so D D has tried to always be like um try to capture the zeitgeist but also stay true to its roots which is very hard to do and so there's still a lot of that miniatures war gaming dna in it mm -hmm. um so to answer your question yeah D D does have a lot of um a lot of bloat because it keeps going through these edition changes while still trying to stay true to its mm -hmm. original thing, and that doesn't always work out. The most recent version, though, is very clean mm -hmm. um, overall and, and does a good job of of kind of handling the past and being a you know relatively easy to grasp system. You know, it's I, I bet you you played with this was two thousand one. Yeah, third, third edition. edition. That's, third edition. That's, yeah. that's kind of when I played too. Yeah. I remember playing in college, and it it is a very hard system from what I've heard. Yeah. Like, I mean, compared it to the five, it's right. you know. So I remember trying to get in, and I played with my cousins. Funny enough, strangely enough, uh, mm -hmm. growing up, it's always, I, I, yeah. it's always cousins. Uh, I played uh, well. I played Warhammer. 
Okay. So we played oh, for, nice. uh, Warhammer 40K, and yeah. we were big, like, nerds that loved to buy all the miniatures and paint mm-hmm. them and stuff. So yeah. I kind of I did that uh, in, like, middle school and then uh, came out to the States and played... Uh, I remember hanging out with drama nerds and playing Masquerade, like the vampire. Oh, yeah, yeah. that was a big one. You yeah. know, that was a big thing in high school. Everyone smoked clove cigarettes and talked. <laughs> and, and David, the dark dweller, you know, and stuff like that. You had black got, clothing. Oh, you know, well, you know it. You know, I did all that. The live to the cure, vampire you know. role playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, did that too. we don't bite humans, guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so tortured. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then in college playing third edition, and I was just like, I could see where the fun was. I could see. I, I'm like, oh, but it was it was frustrating. Yeah. And then I didn't play forever until I think meeting up with you guys at Perky Nerd. Yep. And I was like, come along. This was fifth edition. It's a lot more streamlined, a lot easier yeah. to get into. Mm-hmm. And I re- and I liked the. Could you multi-class in third or no? Like or yeah, yeah. But it was they had all these like crazy restrictions on which classes could multi-class. Yeah. You got, you got uh, experience point penalties if you're. If, if the levels in each of your classes were more than X number yeah. of levels off, it, <laughs> oh, like wow. they, it was they like, call it Math Finder, the, the yes. first edition Pathfinder, which is based on third edition D anD D. They call it that for a reason, Math. and yeah, it, it's its own thing. And I, 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 you know, certainly don't want to disparage people who play it because there's this suck at math nerds. <laughs> yeah, you know you're listening. Well, now you don't need yeah, like, to do too much math because of D anD D Beyond, like. Well, yeah. That was a godsend for me because I hated keeping track of all. But now digitally, I'm so like I have it on my phone and, well, and it's and, so and helpful. With I mean, uh, talking about the pandemic and like Zoom and you know, it's, I think it's kind of opened up because I know a lot of friends that play with their family now and they'll play you know like their family in Texas and stuff like that and they'll all get together Monday night and go on a Zoom call and have D and D Beyond going mm-hmm. and they can all play together and I think that kind of is made it like brought it kind of to the forefront uh in the past couple of years yeah i mean absolutely there, there's you know having having been involved with it since you know the early 80s um the these past few years pandemics like sealed the deal but it was like a couple of years before critical role mm-hmm. uh came out and that's does everyone know what critical role yeah, is? yeah, yeah. just just yeah okay I'll explain I, I know some were foreigners who don't know yeah, right. for the audience so. <laughs> yeah um, for the normies <laughs> the normies yeah, who are listening um to enter the nerddom um yeah, <laughs> yeah. we got a couple of gym bros working out <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah talk that nerd shit to me yeah. <laughs> yeah. so i can beat the shit out of this thing <laughs> right um yeah so critical role came out um it, actually over the hill in hollywood mm-hmm. they, they were recording it at um i forget the name of it now but uh some some gaming store um they had rented out the space and uh so they were they were playing this game live for an audience and it was uh five or six voice voice actors or something like that all mm-hmm. who are big in especially in anime but have also done a bunch of video games and stuff like that um so these are Professional actors, yeah. you know, uh, who know what they're doing and have the stage presence. So they started doing that and it exploded. And I, I was um, involved not with them, but with that game store for a short time. Like mm. just, you know, I knew some people and it played some D&D with mm-hmm. people from who were regulars there and stuff like that. So I just like vaguely like familiar with it as it was coming up. But it was like just blowing up already back then. And, mm. you know, within a couple months of it existing, like there's... They were like selling out the space, making yeah. money off of you know having an audience, mm-hmm. and I thought it was 
at first I thought it was the dumbest idea. It's like, who wants to watch people play a game? I want to play the game, right? right. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I still don't understand it honestly to this day. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, but that's just me. Like I, I get it, but I, it's just right. not for me. Um, anyway, so that got popular, popular, popular. And then it, something clicked and it just exploded. And then the pandemic happened, which I think like open the floodgates. So you already had all these people who are like, Oh, this is cool to watch. I don't really know what they're doing. I think was not their main audience, but there was mm. this, large groundswell like a, maybe a significant minority of their audience were people who didn't really play D&D but knew about it through them and were like that's pretty cool I like watching them and then pandemic happened and it was like well now it's easy to play mm-hmm. you have D&D Beyond you have virtual tabletops um, and you have everyone at home yeah. uh, looking yeah. for stuff to do and looking for connection too yeah. you know right. that human element and so they've already been watching these amazing actors do it and 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 absorbing that and now they have nothing but time and so i think that like open the floodgates dnd had had been an, on an upswing as far as like sales i'm, I'm big into like the industry numbers and stuff <laughs> like that. um they had been on an upswing like uh role-playing game industry overall was like 13 percent year over year for like 10 years prior to that and then you know that hit and it was like 180% or some, you know, mind-boggling number. number. Yeah. No yeah. industry did that. You right. know what I mean? Like, that's like looking at the stocks of Zoom, but without the crash of Zoom, right. <laughs> you know, after the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. You know, it, it just, it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It just, it just kept going up and it's mm. still going up and it has not stopped. And that, and that's why you also have so many more role-playing games coming mm. out in all these different genres because now everybody is familiar with it yeah um, which i mean to a point now where they're even hollywood's like well we can make a big budget D movie with right. big stars and yeah. put yeah. you know 200 million into it you know where that was not not on the table for a very long time right. and they would i mean we had the early 2000s D movie yeah. um not <laughs> which was the, we know, sure did boy yeah. and how <laughs> wasn't it in the 90s uh, Might have been nineties, maybe it was, maybe it was right. Yeah, but then yeah, you had was, the uh, uh, yeah, you know with the Jeremy Irons. It was and, uh, what it was. Thor, Thor Mar- Birch. Was that the one with Marlon Wayans? Yes, oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. he played a, a thief, I think. Or yeah. A bar? yeah, I believe so. Like that. But then they made like I think I want to say it was like 2010. It might have been a little earlier, but with Jason Statham in the name of the king or something. Oh, that, well, that's, that's that based D&D on a, wasn't that I based thought, on a video game. Based oh, on it was Dun- oh. Dungeon Siege. Yeah. Oh, like, my bad. I thought that, that was Yui Bowl. Just like was <laughs> yes, like, I'm going to make oh. every video game movie. Oh, yes. And do it for like five bucks, including yeah, House I, of the Dead. Yes. I swore his I was masterpiece, like, House of the Dead. Yes. Oh, House of Or a Blood Rain. Remember those? Yeah. Ooh, no, I don't. Oh, good. Painful. But I thought that was a. D and D like inspired from D and D, but you know, well, it, yeah. and it, it was. I think Dungeon Siege. You know, yeah. I, I don't know too much about it, so I may be talking out of my butt a little bit mm-hmm. here. But I'm pretty sure it was one of the. That's many all we games. do here, anyway. <laughs> okay, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Pretend um, to be experts. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. But yeah, I mean, you you see the D and D DNA in everything. Like Warhammer wouldn't exist yeah. without D. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, no. that's when you're saying war right. game. I was like, that's yeah. where my head goes to. Yeah. So well, I pl- plethora. Oh, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. Uh, the plethora of video games that. Inspired by D and D, you know, the, a lot anything of anything where you have XP that builds yeah, up your character, yeah, yeah. right? You can, exactly. you can hit the DNA is right. Yeah, they literally points. say hit points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon wouldn't yeah. exist without D and D, right? You know? So you guys brought up uh, and dog right? fighting. I think both dog fighting and D and D, you get Pokemon out of it. dog fighting. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Pokemon is just animals fighting <laughs> oh, each other. Right. It's, 
Are we going to be sponsored by Michael? Yeah. What's going on here? We do not endorse dog fighting. No, no, no. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Anyway, I'm vegan, guys. God, you guys. Uh, you guys brought up uh, Warhammer, which is I wanted. To, so, how do you? There's similarities, obviously, between Warhammer and D and D, right? Yeah. So, like, what? Um, but I know with because you were you were talking about how, like in school you guys mm-hmm. got into it. It's oh, yeah. funny because when and I was in elementary school, we really got into the Warhammer thing. The funny thing is, we would collect the characters and show them off, and we'd have like these paint parties where we right. paint our characters. That's me but we never played one goddamn game. <laughs> you of Warhammer. That's a collective mentality. Exactly. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a collector Every kid as well, had I them. totally yeah. get kid, that. Kid, we we had like a dozen each, and we would yeah. like. I begged my mom to go to a Games Workshop, which is in yeah. Santa Monica. Time. Yeah, they had a retail yeah. store. Shout in Santa out Monica. Games Workshop. Game Workshop. Uh, <laughs> it's been gone for a while, but it was right there on Santa Monica. Yeah. Give us free and, shit. Uh, yeah, give us free shit. Uh, this is all around? Sponsor, uh, stores. I mean, I not as a retail. I, I don't think it's a retail. Yeah. Wasn't there a store in the Glendale Galleria? I don't know. Maybe. Probably. Maybe well, not, anymore. Not, know, anymore. Know, not anymore. I know. I don't know. But we would collect them and we'd have these paint parties. But now we, I don't think any of us understood how to actually play the game. We knew it was a role-playing game, yeah. but there was no... There was a, like we didn't understand the mechanics of it, and yeah. some of us had dice, but it looked like D and D dice. We're like, I don't think that's the right one. No, because <laughs> you know? it was it's it's based on troop movement, right? So it's exactly. like, yeah, you'd have. We, I mean, I remember getting the uh, the the rulers out and putting them out and be yep. like, okay, I can move my troops, <laughs> you know, three inches this way, uh-huh. and then this guy can blast like five inches this way, right. and you know, and it's all about flanking maneuvers and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. It's, well, so know, I would go very to games, old school war game. I would yeah. go to Games Workshop, and they had the huge in that store. They had a massive table. Table. Yeah, that took oh, yeah. up like that's, it was the entire center. That's of the, store. the difference. I mean, that's the thing with those games versus D and D, right? Where you're really limited because it's like, okay, you have to buy, all, you know, how many you figures buy walls. you got to buy? You have, yeah, oh, vehicles, <laughs> vehicles, right. you know, and trees. you need space. You need yeah, a lot of space. Lot of space. You need space. a dining yeah. room table, which I never understood how because this table was like you couldn't just reach across it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like you three tables. Around. Yeah, oh, you had yeah. to walk around. So it's like, how do you move your troops? <laughs> like they're in the middle of the table, or to move to the middle of the table. They have like it's a the stick. old school grabber. Yeah, yeah. 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 They, had, they had sticks to like yeah. with the little, the little uh, flat thing at the yeah. end. Really, yeah. Push yeah. It. Yeah. Push like it. a little yeah. shuffleboard, like a war room, like an actual yeah, war room. Exactly. That's insane. Yeah. yeah, If I may, I mean, I was I'm fascinated by it. I never said. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to contradict something that Watson actually just said to, <laughs> to show off my nerd cred here. So I I think one of the things that sets D and D apart from other role playing games is is that wargaming DNA. And although I think there are a lot of people who don't necessarily play it with that mentality, I think at its core, D&D more so than other games is still a tactical role-playing game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you can read mm-hmm. it in the rules. It's very combat-focused. It's very, um, you know, looking at measurements of ranges and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. More so than than most other role-playing yeah. games. And so even you can... You can easily take those elements out, which is part of what's cool about role-playing games in general. But at, at its core, it's in there, right? It's yeah. in the wording. It's in the thing. And so D&D actually wants to be the the perfect stepping stone between that wargaming thing, but bring it down from these huge units on this giant table to a much more manageable you know, each What's player has one unit and you're in the dungeon. And so it has this, it takes this big wargaming mentality and brings it down to like almost like survival horror, yeah. uh, you know, stri- strategy. But I think that's why it also is so successful. Yeah. Because uh, it, it, is, it isn't as daunting as like, right. you need a giant yeah. room to right. do these battles. You know, it's like yeah. you could literally, it's a, it's your brain, it, you know, a basic little setup and you got to yep. go anywhere. So what's with the figure? Because I've seen people yeah. have used figures. Is that a thing? And they use yeah. mats and like walls. and Yeah, there you go. I um, 
Yep. We're, yeah, we're looking at we were the icons at, of the realms uh, right here. Uh, yeah, I just saw this. We have to call. We have to talk about Frankenstein's later. But yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> so I we're doing a game. Uh, spoilers for next podcast. We're we're doing a game with Tim. It's gonna be four of us and Tim uh, being the. Dungeon, mo- excuse me, moderator, game, game moderator. moderator. No, you're getting dungeon master. Yeah. Let's just stick with the <laughs> yeah. terms. Because um, we are doing D&D, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. and I, I bought a figure because I was like, I just want to put a figure out there. Yeah, you know? hell yeah. So wh- ha- I've seen some players use, but you don't need the figures, right? No. Or the mats or any of that crap? No, no, that. Yeah, you, you, you don't need it. I, I actually prefer it for when I'm running D&D. Like when I'm running other games, you know, it, it depends on the game. Like I said, like, you know, it's the difference between the genre and the tropes mm-hmm. of the game. For d and I prefer it. Um, so that's something we can talk about. Just for about. reference. Uh, yeah. Well, because D&D is, you know, it's called Dungeons & Dragons. So you got to have a dungeon. If you're not running Dungeons & Dragons <laughs> with a dungeon, what are you doing? If you don't have a dragon show up, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, get out of here. Uh, get get out of here. here. I mean, there's probably a billion people who do and, and their games are awesome. But in my preference is right. it's Dungeons & Dragons. Let's, let's do the dungeon crawl and make that the focus of it. And uh, and really get in there with the survival. So I like the tactical positioning. Mm-hmm. I like the miniatures. I have I have what are called pathfinder pawns, which are paper miniatures, so they're easier to store. Oh. But they're basically that. You just th- slap a base on them. You don't have to paint nothing. They're already you know <laughs> colored for you. you just That's punch awesome. them out. It's great. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer with the battle mats. We can talk about. Uh, well, let's do. It. We'll do a session zero on air. Do you guys mm-hmm. want to do it with like the full battle map and all that stuff? I, or? You know, sure. I I think it'd be cool. I, I love having something visual because like my ADHD right. mind is like yeah, me too. If I'm trying to listen to you and then I'm just gonna forget like I don't know where I was right because in my head I'm like oh, I was by a rock or something <laughs> and right. you know so it, it it I I do like but also coming from playing a lots of like board games I've always had that physical present mm-hmm. you know presence. Uh, to go off of, so I, I do prefer that. In the, Which way was I facing? Yeah, like right, I, right. I, my one of my first more complicated board games was like Axis and Allies, and oh, obviously yeah. going into the war. That was one of your first. Well, <laughs> complicated. No. Well, yeah, he was three years old. <laughs> Everyone well, no, else I was, was shoots and ladders, and he was there like you know, got to take out the axes. I would no, that was like in high school or whatever. Before right. that was just Monopoly and all the other okay. silly stuff. But I, I was like, I was intrigued by Axis and Allies because I, I always liked World War Two stuff, and mm-hmm. and so playing that was lots of fun. And the person who brought me into that, or I played that with, like his dad and him were, like they showed me their basement, and it they had a huge, like from wall to wall. A Warhammer collection, like they had the the table all decked oh, out. I was yeah. like, I was like, this is ridiculous, but yeah. so cool. The, but I never played. I, I just, yeah. I, I just saw what Same they had thing. there. Yeah, when I go into Games Workshop, I was, I was fascinated because there's this massive table. Yeah, and it was, I mean, the store had built it, but then they would just have characters come in. And they, I mean, character, they had players come in, and they could just throw their own stuff on the vehicles, mm-hmm. and so it was already a terrain that was laid out. But I, I would just sit there and watch these guys, and they were like, they would get really into it. They roll, and they'd be like. Oh, I've seen fights yeah. break out. Yeah, yeah. cheers you know, like, and the screaming booze. at each other. Yeah, like yeah. fuck, you know, what'd you do that for? That's yeah. not it, you know. And they were like screaming at you. And I'm, I'm sitting there, a fifth grader, like, wow, this is awesome. These guys are very single. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be this. <laughs> and here we are. Yeah, exactly. yeah. 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 Um, have you, um, have you seen? The, there's a YouTube video. There's a 40 year long D and D game oh, yeah. going on. Yeah. This guy turned. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Wow. I saw have that. you guys seen that? No. I'll, I'll send you the YouTube. I, I we'll, think I actually have seen. We'll it post before. it on our Instagram. Yeah. This yeah. guy turned his basement. He's like a retired. You know, yeah, I think he lives in New York, and he's just a retired guy. But he's been. He turned his basement into this massive D and D playing area, and mm-hmm. he built this massive table. He's got. T- 
tons of character figurines like stored away. He's got a bunch of dice, and it's like an elite game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if and if you sh- you get invited to it, that's like you just keep coming back to it. And it's like un- uh, it's like well, no, I think you die and go to heaven immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gamer. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, we'll post it on our YouTube. But this guy, he's he, and then he got his daughter into it, and she plays oh, wow. as well. And so it's just like. So now he's like this very well-known um, game moderator um, <laughs> who just runs this this very like prestigious game in his basement. So like, yeah. I think it's amazing that that's what fans are willing to go, mm. that they're willing to do that to for their for the love of the game. You know, yeah. they just and he. I his, mean, it's his, his no different than you NECA. know people that have like baseball pennants up in their room. You know, or you know, right. it's like yeah. it's stats. It's just stats. Yeah. You know, so. And then we even have like people who you would think wouldn't be like D and D nerds, like Joe um, Manginalo. Oh yeah. Yeah, who's yeah, on yeah. True Blood? Huge, who's yeah. uh, who's a uh, like he's, yeah? He's talking about this. these gym bros are listening yeah. to our our podcast. He's probably one of them. You know? <laughs> Shout out to yeah. Joe if he's listening. But he's a huge D and D fan, yeah. and he does a lot of prezios, which are like these chair like auctions for charity. Yep. And one of the things he offers, he's done it a couple times. It's like have a D and D game with me, yeah. and a couple people. And he's got the same basement type thing where right. where apparently it's like mm-hmm. it's all set up for a game. Yeah, and. Uh, who is his wife? Sophia Vergara. She doesn't. Yes. She's not yeah. allowed down there. <laughs> <laughs> Probably doesn't want to go down there anyway. Yeah. But um, right, yeah. Going off of what Stan brought up with the the long running game, what was the what has been the longest game you've ever run? Through, I mean, good since question. you good question, yeah, good question. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if I have one. So I, I've had a couple that were like year long things uh, that I ran. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've I don't. I don't think I've ever gone much past um, a full one full like calendar year or you know or not a calendar year but like twelve months of yeah. of regular gaming. But that those ones that I've done like that were were literally like every week, I mean, okay, almost wow. no cancellation. Wow. So a weekly game for a year, um, and we I've only done a few of them, but I did a couple of those. Um, one was right around the tail end of second edition Dungeon Dragon, so late. 90s i want to say Damn. in my friend uh drew's basement shout out to drew <laughs> shout out drew uh, that's my boy that's um, my boy yeah and i've i've been a player in some that have probably gone about that long okay. um maybe one was a little bit longer but but yeah only only less than a handful less than a handful have done that most of them um i think a, a common refrain is you know, once, uh, especially as you as you, you get into the adult years, but yeah. even before that, like scheduling becomes a thing. Oh yeah, no, you know, course. somebody, yeah. one guy gets a girlfriend, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's man. it, yeah. mom. It's can D&D you drive me over to Tim's house? Yeah. yeah. So when you're coming up with your story, I mean, do you always try to have an end in sight, like or an end goal to uh, reach? Well, here's what I get to tell you: how I was a bad DM for a long <laughs> time. So I used to, I used to always plot with like a uh, a big plot with an end in sight. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that for the longest time, and um, and then you you know you get, uh, let's see, I've had maybe like three that got to an end, right? Mm-hmm. And then about forty five or however many, probably more than <laughs> that. I, you know, I've probably done more than that. So probably. Uh, closing in on a hundred games that have never gotten anywhere. Um, You know, we still played, we had fun, um, but they just never got to like the structured ending of it. And and so after doing that, you know, a gazillion times, so many big bads just sitting around (laughs) waiting. (laughs) All all these deals deals that have never been later. Or the G they're not coming. Right. And, and a dragon with a big beard. And who cares about those characters, right? Only you, only the guy who created it. And so you're like, well, I, 
what the hell am I doing here? So <laughs> that's when that's when this uh, the phrase you know create situations and not uh, stories came mm-hmm. comes along comes in handy because mm-hmm. then you create the things and you think about how those things can be used at the table at the time. And right. so if you come up with a great idea for a big bad boss, that's cool. Get to that session immediately. You know what yeah. I mean? Like run it and and you you might hold it in your back pocket for a later game. Like you might collaborate with your friends and come up with something that's lower level and doesn't work for that specific scene this one time and that's fine but you create that thing knowing you can jump right into it right when when it makes sense to do so and so you've no longer wasted your prep and so that's you know for the budding dms out there who are listening don't waste your time creating long stories and end like an a really hard ending create the situation create the this tools you need to have a cool session that your players show up and ruin because that's what they're yeah. going to do. <laughs> and it's going to be fun. It's, yeah. it's going to be really fun yeah. when they when they interact with it and, mm. and blow stuff up. Has there been any characters or villains that you've made uh, that you since that you never reached, but then you were like, I really like these, but I'm going to bring them into this new game that I started and just change their name or just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I, I've, I've done that a million times. Okay. Like, yeah, any, anytime you can reuse stuff. I, you know, like I said, I, earlier on in my my gaming career, I didn't think to do that. And, I, and so I probably have a lot of wasted papers um, <laughs> sitting there with cool stats and cool <laughs> encounters that I'll never look back on. But yeah. um, once I got into the habit of creating the situations and, and creating stuff I knew I would use and, and learning... Uh, organizational tools, which wasn't hard. You know, I yeah. make it sound like it's, you know, homework. It really wasn't hard. It's just like, you know, you create stuff that can be slotted into different things. So, yeah. mm. you know, you can create a dungeon and you can create 10 bad guys and just use one of them for that particular dungeon. And then the next time you play with a different group of players, mm-hmm. you use the same dungeon and a different bad guy. True. And, you know, or how, whatever. How important is it to you as a, as a, a GM uh, when uh, for, for, for people to, like, we talk a lot about, like, uh, class and, and, like, there's different, like, you know, chaotic good, chaotic, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, if if people start acting differently than their character would or make mm-hmm. decisions, do you penalize? Do you just let them go and just say, well, okay, that's the way they want to go with the story? Like, right. how do you, how do you uh, I guess, uh, work that out for yourself? So th- that's a great question. That's, that's. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Um, my my gut reaction to anything is I don't care what the players um, kind of bring to the table in terms of, and I don't mean I don't care what they bring, but I don't I don't I'm not there to police what they bring. That's I mean, yeah. yeah okay. that. So if, if yeah, somebody like has yeah. you know my character is uh, Conan, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's kind of selfish. He's a little bit greedy. Um, but he's a talk show host. <laughs> he's a talk show. Host. <laughs> he was a governor for a short time. Yeah. Um, no, but, um, but uh, you know, but he'll ultimately do the the good, uh, do good deeds, right? Mm-hmm. He'll do things for the right reasons when presented. I'm not there to be like, oh, you're playing what alignment? Like you have right, to do right, these alignment. things. I don't care about that. Like I'm not there to police your fun. Like you, yeah. you create whatever you want to do. Now, the there's another side to that though, where there's the kind of meta thing and this is something that I think a lot of people lose sight of or don't do enough. There's, um, uh, there's kind of like the social contract. Let's put it that way. There's a social contract of what you, what you're bringing to the table as a person Mm -hmm. and you want to bring a character that's fun in a group. And so the only times I police anything is I police the, the pace of the game. Um, you know, if the game's slowing down, 
I'll throw stuff at people or I'll ask people, what what do you think would happen in mm-hmm. order to get things moving again? Yeah. So I police that a little bit because that's everyone's fun, right? Yeah. And the only other piece I'll police is when people are stepping on other people's toes in terms of fun by what they're playing. So what mm-hmm. I mean is your character and what they're alignment is isn't going to matter to me but when you're like oh i'm going to steal this thing from this other player because yeah. i want it right mm. not because it makes a good story right or yeah. because it would make sense for it to happen like that's when i'm like no this mm-hmm. this that's not cool and that's the only time i really uh even care about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and sometimes i'll you know the, the best thing to do obviously is talk as an adult to the person and say hey this is kind of problematic you know why are you doing it this way but yeah. that's when you can rely on some of the stuff on the sheet you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's not something that can be solved as easily as, hey, just don't do that. Right. Yeah. You can be like, hey, but your character's a good guy. And you have you know these other party members, like your team. Yeah. Why would you steal from your team member? Like, right. true. they're going to help you with this item. Like, you don't need it. Uh, or whatever. You can, yeah. So you have <laughs> that tool. And I, and I think that's an interesting thing that you can, as a game master, rely on both things. One is talk to people like adults and, and solve problems like human beings. But also you can rely on the, on the character tools and, and how the game works mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, the tropes of D&D are is that, you know, you're a D&D party, you're a team. Like, you're working together. You don't survive if you don't work together. Right, yeah. yeah. So fight a whole bunch of inter-party conflict isn't going to work. I mentioned that Smallville role-playing game. Yeah. Based on the, that the sounds uh, awesome. It, it, it's a, it's one of the best role playing games. I don't know how they made it so good. Um, I'm not even that big of a Smallville fan, honestly. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, but the game's amazing. Um, anyway, uh, that I mean, you saw Smallville. It's all yeah. about people lying to each other, yeah. and yeah. you know what I mean, and and like or trying to like date each other, but uh, unrequited love and all this stuff. Right, right, and, right. And and the game mechanics work that way, and so that game works by you coming to the table and you know one person is playing the clark kent who will not lie but has to keep a secret mm. right of, yeah that is superman and then you have someone else playing lex luther who's going to be lying to him all the time and working underhanded but that's still his friend you yeah. know they, they grew up together uh. and so but you know that going into it and so there's stuff on the character sheet and there's mm-hmm. mechanics in the game that work with that but you go in with a different mentality based on the game. So mm-hmm. it's all about leveraging both the the meta discussion and who yeah. you are as players and the leveraging the, the game mechanics themselves to solve those kinds of issues. That Pretty sounds cool. awesome. Yeah. yeah. What's the longest game that you've played just for like a one, one time? How many, how oh. many hours has it gone? Oh we, yeah. So back in, uh, this was, I think just around the start of college, um, a bunch of friends got together. It was kind of like our swan song for for a campaign, and I think there was twelve of us in a room. Oh wow! And about eight of us lasted for the whole time, and we played for something like seven or eight hours. And we had a whole yeah. sleepover. Wow! wow. The, twelve the, minutes or one man leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was there was there maybe an hour break in between, or was oh, it just we, straight? Uh, we pretty much played straight through. Wow! And, and you were day. the you were the yeah. moderator for this as well. Yeah. Oh, wow. that, so that was Vampire the Masquerade. Actually, oh, yeah. oh, I've yeah. seen that. I've seen that um, when I was a kid. I used to see that all the time. Advertising for that. It was. Yeah. It I had was no idea what it was. Huge in the in the yeah. mid nineties. Oh. Yeah. It rivaled D anD D at yeah. the time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Speaking yeah. of rival D anD D, I forget what company I read about, but they uh, trolls and. Goblins? Trolls. Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, just what's got it called? Purchased? Just got purchased, yeah. Um, trolls and Goblins? It was like no, their tunnel, attempt tunnels at... And trolls. Oh, tunnels, tunnels and Trolls. Sorry, Tunnels and Trolls. Yeah. Instead uh, of Dungeons and Dragons. See? Yeah. yeah. It's very, uh, very different. Uh, <laughs> it was tunnel, their, tunnels and Trolls. Isn't that just Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, Chad. I mean, yeah, yeah. You got the. <laughs> I forget what the, the Lincoln Tunnel. You know, yeah, there is a tunnel to get into. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. Um, but no, I I heard about that. I was like, oh, that sh- should be exciting. To it might push D and D to like up their game with certain things. Oh, when, no, it, it won't. That, oh, no, tunnel, no. So yeah, tunnels and trolls. So was one of the first. Uh, I guess you would say it was like pretty much the second role-playing game. I don't, yeah. I don't know if the, that's the exact order, but it was like one of the first. And it was just a tweak of the D&D system to make it simple because we mentioned before the, the <laughs> mechanics being based on war games and being yeah. convoluted yeah. and stuff when it originally created. So this one guy saw the game was like, saw the pictures on the cover and was like, this is awesome. And then he read the rules and he's like, I don't understand the goddamn <laughs> word. I, I'll be honest, I was that kid. Yeah, yeah. so was I. Five I, years old? Come on. I remember having the Monster Handbook yeah. as a kid. Yeah. And all I would do was, I mean, it was gorgeous pictures of yeah. all these like beholders and werewolves and you know I the was naked just Medusa what's the name of this again <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I just I remember being like in awe and just like taken away by all these different characters but then you know and then next one were all these stats and I was like I don't understand any of that stuff yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's all like abbreviations yeah, so yeah. You, yeah. you have to like find a reference key yeah oh, so, so Tunnels and Trolls the, the guy was like okay I'm gonna create a game that actually makes sense um, and so <laughs> so he did that <laughs> Um, I forget his name off the top of my head, but anyway, he so he did that, released it, and it was wildly popular. And what made it, um, it, it never never reached the heights of D and D, and I don't think it ever will. But one of the things that set it apart was um, that they would release solo game modules. Mm-hmm. And so D and D is all about the party, right? Yeah. But what happens if you're living in the Midwest, or say say you're living in like North Dakota, and your right. nearest rel, you know, friend is like. 20 miles away yeah, true uh, you're not playing with a party very often so they uh, tunnels and trolls had these solo game books and they released those very early on in the life really? of it and so it know. became extra popular because of that because that now people could actually play the game and engage with the game mechanics yeah. without needing other people around um which was that's nerd devoted for a lot of people I, <laughs> they're such introverts they're just like all right i don't want to deal with people oh yeah. gosh just well, rolling by himself. Yeah. I, I mean, so people people were playing back then. So you just, yeah. there's many places where you just literally couldn't find other players. That yeah. makes sense. That makes, sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but anyway, so yeah, they got it got purchased. Um, well, I forget by the name of the company, but it's yeah. a big company. Yeah, it was uh, big um, board game or video game. I, yeah, I'm blanking on the name. I read it like a couple days ago, yeah. and I was like, oh, that's mm. that's. They're very definitely going to do something big with it. Yeah, but I don't think. Enough to uh, yeah, I don't pressure I don't, on D and D. The thing with D and D, come on, guys, T and T is sounds just as cool. T and D, isn't that an ACDC? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the the thing about D and D is it's the eight hundred pound grill in the room, and I don't see anything it's not gonna in budge. the industry mm. uh, touching sure. it at this point. There there will be something that comes along and unseats it eventually. There has uh, to be. That's yeah. how all industries work, right? Mm-hmm. But D and D just has that cultural cash. You know, nine out of ten people who don't know what a role playing game is, if you say D and D and or you say role playing game, they immediately associate the two, and yeah, so right. that you especially know, now with the movie, yeah, right. Well, yeah. and I remember the cartoon the in the eighties. You know, I mean right. the, the oh, wow. that cartoon I loved. It was a cartoon I, in the eighties. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. It was. Uh, I remember that. Oh, you 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 are about to discover something amazing. Really, <laughs> looking at yeah, that. Check gonna, it out. But uh, it, it's it's. It's, be, I, it's really, I remember watching that, just going like, "What is this?" And yeah. it's just Dungeons and Dragons. Was it like, good or was it? It was great. I mean, like you know, ridiculous. yeah. I don't know if it's good. Was it before <laughs> the animated uh, Hobbit? 
No, oh, it was after. It, it was after. That was in the seventies. This, oh, this oh, was like in the height of like Saturday morning okay. cartoon stuff. So this uh, would have been like eighty six, eighty seven, maybe. Well, I think it. I want to say it was eighty four, but maybe mm. maybe it aired later. I, mm. I don't know exactly, but I know it was the last thing that Gary mm-hmm. Gygax worked on before oh. he got ousted from was uh, from TSR at the time. Oh wow! Um, they did a whole corporate takeover, mm. crazy Shit. thing, but it's just worth know, reading about. <laughs> but the 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 main plot of the the car, the cartoon was a group of kids. Like teenagers get kind of sucked into the Dungeons and Dragons oh. world. They ride a roller coaster that's called the Dungeon Dragons ride, and they go, it goes into like this little cave as part of the ride, and then they end up in the Dean. Was world. this live <laughs> action stupid. first, and then they get sucked into the, no. no, no, okay, no, no that's Captain E, that's uh, Captain Nintendo, E-O, Captain something, yeah. Captain N, Captain N, yeah, yeah the Captain game N. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> forgot about that. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same, same story. story. Yeah, basically yeah. they watched Tron and was like, we'll just do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Vampire of the Masquerade. What? Okay. okay. Like, glad you guys brought that up because now it's bringing up all these memories. Like, I would, I would see it, like, when I was in, in school, I would see advertisements for it or, like, a book for it. And I was like, what is that? Is that, is it the, is it the same company that does D&D or is it? No. no. Really? Okay. So what, can you give me, like, a synopsis of yeah. exactly what it is? So this company, White Wolf, they, they kind of came out of nowhere. They were, they were making um, uh, magazines, like, doing reviews of all the role-playing games that were mm-hmm. popular at the time. They made this magazine, and um, they eventually were like, what, what's the next step from being a magazine about the super niche industry? Like, let's make our own game. And so um, I don't remember what the first one was that they made. It's probably you know obscure and no longer around. But then Vampire the Masquerade was the second one. Um, and the idea was, you know, it was the 90s. All role-playing games up to that point, you know, with a few exceptions, were either fantasy or sci-fi. There was very little modern day type things mm-hmm. and there was very little in terms of horror you had the call of cthulhu was a game that had been around mm. for a while and that was very mm. you know 1920s like yeah uh you know that kind of like pulpy kind of yeah. uh, horror so um you know th- there was nothing dark and 90s were the crow right and yeah, oh, yeah. and trent right. reznor right. you know what i mean like that nirvana yeah still the 90s is just trent reznor <laughs> and and like, yeah. oh yeah. yeah and you get it the reference yeah. Yeah. you, you, you oh, could yeah. probably remove the crow and just be right. Trent Reznor. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he sums up the he '90s, is, right? He's yeah. a very sad man, and uh, yeah, and, and, and amazing. Also, Buffy you know, the yeah. Vampire Slayer. The, yeah, yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Buffy came out. Like so, that's what. It was. And so these, they took the zeitgeist of that era and just were like, okay, so. It's the, it's the modern era, and this is pre cell phones, which is important yep. for this. So, the, so they're like, how yeah. do we make modern horror work? And they're like, okay, so there's a whole society of vampires, and they know they can't make themselves known to the human populace because humans are way more numerous, and they'll just rise up, stake us, and we're dead. Mm. So they have to be secretive about it. And so, vampire, the masquerade. The reason it's called the masquerade is they, the vampires, have collectively created this culture of secrecy in order to keep themselves hidden, but they're vampires, right? They yeah. have to suck blood and they have to keep their territory because if there's too many vampires, mm-hmm. there's going to be a problem and it's going to be really hard to keep themselves secret if they suck too many people's blood and people die. So <laughs> the whole game is, is around this balance of them trying to keep the secrecy, trying to keep their territory, and also try to hold on to some shreds of their humanity because if you're immortal and you live long enough to see all of your family die, eventually you know, your heart grows cold and yeah, dead, like, like different levels of, of vampire you could really? be. Right. I mean, uh-huh. it's very much like I feel like whoever wrote the Underworld movies played a lot of masquerade. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the Underworld movies are 
like a direct ripoff. And in fact, there was a, a lawsuit. Oh, really? Um, really? Wolf to oh, them. Wow. I can't remember which way it went. Mm -hmm. um, but it was definitely one of those things where it's like, it's clear the DNA is there, but also maybe not worth, uh, mm -hmm. you know, an actual trademark lawsuit. Right. Anyway, uh, it, it, it very much so. Yeah. It was uh, the character of Blade kind of probably. Oh, yeah. Was that, I don't know when that character was created, but. I would assume that well, probably Blade, the character came from Marvel Comics in the seventies, but he was very much just like a Van Helsing kind yeah. of character. Yeah. He wasn't a half, half breed until Daywalker. Yeah, that wasn't until the nineties. Like, okay. Exactly. Yeah, the movie changed his origin story yeah. because of that zeitgeist was there mm -hmm. of this this like horror under the surface of our society living among us type thing, mm -hmm. and and that's why they changed Blade to be that. They're like, this is a thing that captured people's imaginations. Yeah. White Wolf did that with Vampire the Masquerade. I actually wonder if the '90s Spider-Man cartoon inspired them to change the uh, origin in the movie. Because he was a half vampire. Oh, that's true. In the right. in the cartoon, yeah. And I was so it's funny you say that. So I was like, oh, maybe the cartoon started that whole. So it says I looked it up. <laughs> so it said I looked it up, and oh, so White Wolf did sue Sony, which was the studios behind um, uh, behind Underworld, and um, they said, um, but they reacted very quickly to it. So. The announcement of Sue was released on September 3rd, 20, 2003. And because Sony, I guess, had put so much money and resources into, and they were expecting it to be their next major franchise, oh, yeah. which it kind of was. Yeah. Uh, both parties agreed to settle privately, and Underworld was released on September 19th. Yeah, that makes So basically, sense. yeah, so 16 days later, it released, they settled. They're yeah. like, hey, whatever you guys want, basically, it seems. But obviously, it's you know we we're not going to know because it, uh, well it, it's, it's so funny outside. because Any lawyers of Sony are listening. Please tell us it's skinny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so funny though because the, you the, you read Vampire the Masquerade's um, the kind of like the metaphysics of how vampires work in that game, and it's a straight rip of uh, Anne Rice's. Oh yeah, vampires. that's another. I was like, thinking the same oh, thing too because you like, said there's levels of vampires, there's levels of vampires in Anne Rice's. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. Yeah. some are I mean, not human at all. Yeah. Almost, but, how they're yeah. created, I, th I think it's like you, you drain all the blood from the human and then you bite your wrist and right. feed them your blood, and that's what turns them into a vampire. Um, it's like giving some of your yeah. vampire yeah. power to them. Sounds like True Blood as well. Yeah, like True that, Blood. That was Buffy, straight out of Anne Rice. Yeah, Buffy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, they, I mean, obviously they pulled a lot of that from Bram Stoker. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 yeah, and that's why Robot Suits are, yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. is this really original? Like, right. Yeah. Right. So what was it about that yeah. game that got you interested as, uh, on top of D&D? &D? Oh, well, I listened to Trent Reznor. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually. Also so we all wore we all wore leather trench coats in the nineties. We did, you know, right? And yeah. had our Doc Martin boots and yep. dark sunglasses. Yeah, so right. we look cool. Yeah, we did. So fuck you. Yeah, um, yeah. That that was lit. so funny. Funnily enough, the same cousin. He had a friend um, who was into that game. He he was like one of the first people to buy it, probably or something like that. But he he bought uh, Vampire the Masquerade, and he was like, I want to run this, and I got nobody who who's willing to play. Mm. And so my cousin called me up, and and my brother, and was like, Hey, you guys want to play this? And we're like, We had we had been playing superheroes and yeah. and D and D like heroics and all this stuff, and we're like, Yeah, this horror sounds cool. Let's mm. let's change it up a well, little. Well, I won't lie. The only reason I really did play it was it was like the only gaming group where girls were there. <laughs> you know, because really? that girls was really what made it popular. It, yeah. You know, oh, like girls yeah. were like. Oh yeah, it's a cool goth game. You yeah. know, like 
you know, but like, yeah, you ask girls like, oh, let's go play superheroes. They're like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, let's run around in spandex. And, right. no, and, uh, and vampires specifically hit on this live action thing. So, you know, the whole Ren fair joke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the LARPing. LARPing became big. I, I knew kids running around in Griffith Park as, as vampires. Yeah. Vamp Probably kids. still do to this day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a great way for goths to go hang mm -hmm. out and not have to spend money. Right, exactly. Like, wasn't there... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, I actually played a few sessions of the of the live-action version of Vampire um, in nightclubs. Like, mm. we, we would... A couple people would call each other up and be like, let's play a session. And so we'd go, and, and we would, quote-unquote, maintain that masquerade by going, and everybody thinks we're just there to see whatever music or listen to the DJ or whatever, but we were actually playing the game while... Also listening to music and hanging out. Oh, you wow. did so kill a girl by draining the blood. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. obviously. I mean, you're, you're, you're just, you commit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're going to play the game, play, play the, the game. game. <laughs> of That's how you get admitted to the club. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she just failed her stamina roll. Uh, <laughs> oh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, wasn't there a werewolf one as well? That was yeah. That so was same company, right? Yeah. yeah White White, so White Wolf's big. Um, their their plan. Uh, this was an early and good business plan for a role playing game company before they got into the whole brand recognition thing. Mm -hmm. um, they were they were, they knew they were going to do uh, vampire, and they're like, what else can we have? with a similar theme of like keeping itself secret, but being supernatural. And they immediately hit on, I want to say it was five, five things. There's the vampire was one of them. It was, Werewolf was the second one. Mage was one. So like mm -hmm. the whole Dr Harry Dresden. Oh yeah. Type character, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, type of. type of thing. And then uh Wraith was another one. And mm. that was ghosts living, mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of among people or in kind of in a parallel world next to them. Okay. And then changeling was the last one. And that was these kind of, fae creatures um mm. from you know sort of like the fairy land but they they're now trapped in kind of a human mm. form in our world and they're trying to save humanity from the banality of existence oh, nice. yeah. i want to do a really sexy cool. mummy book so <laughs> yeah. they did a mummy one. oh really of course <laughs> they did. They zombie one i call a zombie one yeah. oh, there you go. they eventually did one for like almost anything Everything, you can think of, of uh you know because yeah you got to make money right? did you ever play the werewolf one or any yeah, of those? played played the werewolf one extensively because uh, that one was a little bit more high powered and superhero-y because you know werewolves are tough right, right. Yeah. fast yeah so yeah you get to be badass and kill shit and, <laughs> now um, but did you in the werewolf one was it that these people were like unable to stop their transformation or they were able to control it like in uh, what's it called Twilight. I think it, I, from what I remember is like yeah, there was stages. So it's like you could be like a like Teen Wolf kind of looking mm. werewolf where you have more <laughs> human uh, characteristics, but yeah. then you could go straight on like full like I just turned into a fucking wolf. Yeah, like Jack Nicholson and Wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm marking my territory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the Howling. No, uh, well, yeah. Howling yeah, yeah. or American classic. Werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you, you could, um, yeah, there was different stages uh -huh. of, of the werewolf, uh, traits that you could take on and, um, yeah. yeah Does Wolfman have nards? Wolfman has nards. <laughs> Wolfman's got, Wolfman's got nards. I'm wearing, right. I'm wearing a Monster Squad t-shirt. Yeah, that's right. Speaking that's of the werewolf and, and unable to control their, uh, their transformation, where in Monster Squad, there's that really sad scene of the werewolf man who was unable to transform, to stop his transformation. Yeah. And Dracula's using him yeah. to his own to, you know, to to buttress his for a kid's movie. That, that yeah, that, there's be. some and, themes in that. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. And then I the werewolf that. is like he he wants to stop killing because he can't yeah, control right. it. And then at the end they shoot him with a silver bullet, and as he's dying, he looks at the kid and says thank you, and he dies. Like, yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. 
God. That's, that kid's that's in a, therapy for years yeah, after that. So, so I good. shot a man. Shot, yeah. <laughs> what was the name of the werewolf? Uh, do you remember? Uh, werewolf the Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, because so that and that one, the, another reason why I was a little bit more superhero-y in, in some ways was the the werewolves. Um, they had this close tie to the moon and nature. Mm. And so uh, modern humanity with all of its pollution and all this stuff, they were actually like trying to fight against that and and try to make the world, try to bring it back to its more natural Mm. ways. That's an interesting Um, story. Because it, 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 vaguely and slowly killed them uh, as the world died like they their abilities died no sure so, wow. yeah. it was kind of like almost like an eco-terrorist sweat dream of a role-playing game <laughs> that's interesting yeah the, the themes in the white wolf games were yeah. they just i mean they I, hit it really out of the park i think yeah. i remember them doing like a, a, a vampire masquerade tv pilot i want to say oh no they, they did a whole show kindred the embrace kindred the embrace five or seven episodes it, the, yeah. the thing that killed it was they had aaron spelling produce it um <laughs> at the height of 90210 and uh what was the other one uh, uh, Mel- melrose place, Mel-Rose place. thank you place. um wow. it was at the height of those uh and they he he bought into it which made some sense with what he was making but they turned it into much more of the like teen that, that feel uh, yeah and so a bummer. It, it was like it was Twilight before Twilight and way worse. And, and I don't like Twilight. And Vampire so Diaries like, before Vampire right. Diaries. No, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It, it was pretty bad. It had like one good episode. Like once they knew they were getting canceled, they're like, oh, we got to switch this up. And so they had one good episode where there's this great gunfight mm-hmm. in the middle of uh, That's of right. Because all the, wor- yeah, I remember the I vampires mean, having guns. Yeah, they were, they were all like mobsters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really weird. What? Wow. Hindered the embrace. I've never heard of that. Check it out on YouTube. I got to check it out. I got to check it out. Um, is there a particular character that when you're not playing the uh, the moderator, is there a particular character that you have that you enjoy? Oh, um, um, you know, I, I've never stuck with characters for very long. I've I've always been more interested in like playing different characters to get a get a mm. feel for like mm. the different rules and stuff like that when I'm playing new games. So mm. I, I very rarely stick with uh, one character. I've had one who had sort of a long tenure in. Um, I was like doing uh, what is it called adventure adventurers league. I think mm-hmm. is the D and D thing. It's like a organized play thing, and I went to um, one uh, the the D, these D and D live events actually right before the pandemic. They were doing them in Hollywood, and so I went with this character, and it, uh, it was so stupid. Is it? Uh, is <laughs> it's like character? a tournament setting. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah. The, and I don't mean the the events were stupid. Those events were awesome. My character was stupid. Um, <laughs> the the events were absolutely cool and adventures league is very fun because you know everybody gets to join in and play the same adventures so mm-hmm. then they can talk about them and share their experiences oh, which cool. is really yeah, cool that sounds good, um but uh, i was playing this character who i'd played in a different campaign many many eons ago the character died and somebody had a resurrection spell so they resurrected her and i rolled poorly on a on the chart so when you get resurrected um under a certain spell um not all of them but some of them you roll on this chart to see what you come back as because you may <laughs> not come back as your same character exactly oh, wow. right? oh, wow. a different race or something like that just this one spell had that yeah. so i rolled and i got a dog so i came back as a dog <laughs> and i was like uh how am i gonna play this so we the the gm at the time ruled that i could play the character and he would he could talk normal huh. like a normal person and he would act as a normal person there'd be no special rules he would just look like a dog and seem like a dog um but and no so, thumbs how do you yeah how do you and we weapons, just explained yeah. it like he, he held stuff with his tail or in his mouth <laughs> you know whatever it, it didn't matter as long as it didn't change the rules and yeah. so i brought that character to these uh, adventures league games and i kept having to be like you know I, I didn't know if the 
DMs would let me play a dog. I was like, right. you know, because they might think about the rules and like, yeah. how do we change it? And I was like, I'll play him as a as a human in every way. He just appears as a dog. Like I, I you know, nothing. And they were mm-hmm. always fine with it and an even encouraging of it. They're like, you're gonna be a, a beautiful little puppy. That's great. You know? <laughs> and so it became what this, class like, was he? Uh, he he was actually a um, a split class cleric wizard. Oh, uh, so he had a really casting dog, yeah. Yeah, healing cool. and loves Jesus. And, yeah. <laughs> and every time he did something good, they're like, "That's a good boy." Yeah. Just, I got uh, that a lot. It was just fantastic. an arcane stick in your mouth, just well, to amp yeah. up. <laughs> You're like, I, I basically was Cosmo. Yeah, yeah. I was got, exactly, and and I had a miniature for him because this oh, uh, awesome. this company. Um, Steambox or ah, I forget what they're called, but uh, this company came out with these little animal fantasy animal D and D miniatures, oh. and so I, that's where this character came from. That's in awesome. Incarnation. So I had a perfect, you know, look like a, a German shepherd who wore a wizard's hat. It's, <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful. That's, miniature. Awesome. that's, that's gorgeous. That's yeah. a great uh, avatar. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. can find. I think they're called animal adventures or uh-huh. the sets of miniatures. You can find them. Online. I just wanted it to be like a barbarian. Something you have to like carry this giant <laughs> club around. But, yeah. I think there's one in that set that's like. Uh, um, what are, what are the dogs in the snow with the little barrel? Oh, um, St. Bernard. St. Bernard, yeah. It's yeah. like a St. Bernard with a battle axe on, that's, on, that's on his awesome. back. Yeah. <laughs> he like, still looks super cute swinging it around. Yeah. <laughs> what a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you think of the D&D movie? I know we've talked about it before amongst yeah. ourselves, but yeah, um, what do you think about it? Yeah, I, I love you guys' conversation about it, uh, honestly, because <laughs> oh. you guys brought up a lot of great points like yeah. about you know how people can be totally clueless about D&D and still enjoy that movie because they don't spend a lot of time on stuff. And then the people who are familiar with D&D still get those few winks and nods of like, you know, there's that, my favorite scene. I think you, Watson might've been the one who brought it up. But anyway, when you you guys are talking about it, uh, Zank, like it's about to tell them like the whole history of the evil wizards of Thay and how oh, they yeah. became neg- and as soon as he starts like Chris Fine's character is like oh history lesson yeah, yeah. and you get that wink that's exactly what players would do that's the part where their eyes glaze over the yeah. DM is expounding upon some pre-written dialogue in their adventure of how this cool thing that happened. they've worked on for three hours right, right, yeah. Yeah. and the players could give two shit right. like what, where, where's the treasure yeah, yeah. We're, exactly or exactly. even uh, um, Chris Pine's character when he's before the judges and he's like, oh, oh yeah. that person should be here. That's almost like the the GM, like if someone's like left the room for a minute, it's like, yeah. wait, we should wait till he's here yeah, to really exactly. get. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, I love that scene. Um, so, good. so yeah. So I, I loved it. I, I watched it twice. Um, it's, it's a very good movie. It's not, you know, it's not like award winning in any way. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's fine. And I, I think there's a lot of people who are wondering why it's not award winning or why it's not making 10 times its budget back. And, you know, it's just not the kind of movie that's going to do that. And I think that's right. fine. It's yeah. the kind of movie that um, is going to be well liked for a long time. Mm-hmm. People are going to rent the hell out of it yeah, and, it's, and buy it's it. It's very evergreen. Like, yeah, yeah it's right. very much so. The dialogue is so witty. And mm-hmm. um, having seen it twice, the, the big my big takeaway um, was that there's so much going on throughout the movie in the dialogue, but also Chad and I talked about this yeah. a little bit before. Also, like the, the visual stuff that's going on, 
there's so much going on in the movie mm-hmm. that you can revisit it multiple times and get something new out yeah. of it. Like mm-hmm. how um, the mage uses his spell component pouch, which is like a dial. I and saw, they use the yeah. camera tricks so with that. Good. Right? Yeah. 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 Beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I kind of hope, like, I, I'm sure it's going to get a sequel because it did do really well. Yeah, it did okay. It did it, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I am but I kind of hope that they don't use those same characters. I hope that we can expand on the world yeah. and go with, like, another another a guild or group or something like that, yeah. you know? Because, I, I mean, I like those characters, but I felt like their story was very much complete by yeah. the end. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I mean, maybe you, you could have, like, Simon, the, the maid, show up, uh, yeah. you know, something that will bridge it, but. Well, I mean, it could be a whole other movie with those characters, same characters in the universe, but we're following another group. Mm-hmm. But also, I was thinking in the sense of, you know, there's a lot of uh, anthology shows and things out there. Oh, where they recast the, the characters? Yeah, and just as new characters. Would you rather want that, or would you just want a completely new cast of? See, I feel like that works well for a television series. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if people would get that in a movie. True. Well, like, for, for what D&D, happened to his daughter? You know, that was yeah. that. Oh, for, yeah. for D&D, like, it's specifically the world they created for this, but for D&D in general, the, the beauty is that there's these huge worlds, right, mm-hmm. that they've created for the published campaigns. When it's you creating your own thing, you don't have to do a lot to, yeah. to get a game going, right? Mm-hmm. But they... The, the people who've published D&D, they've had this one Forgotten Realms campaign setting, which is what this movie is set in. That's been going on since 1960-something, before D&D was even a thing, because the guy who created it was re- going to write novels, and then he found D&D later and, and turned it into a D&D it world, oh, wow. and then they bought it from him. So, wow. a little history there. Uh, but my point is, uh, oh, there's a million... St- <laughs> 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 um, uh, but my, yeah, the point is that there's so much this world and there's so many stories that they can tell and so many characters that they can kind of do whatever they want. And yeah. if they want to bring back a few of these characters, they're there to use. True. And if, if they don't want to bring them back, there's a million others. And there's a lot of people who yeah, are... because they didn't really kill... I mean, they didn't kill off any real character no. except Spoiled. for the, the Red Witch. Mainly right? just bring, bring back Hugh Grant. I want Hugh Grant. The, right. Oh, he's and, great. Yeah. And he, yeah, he's really not good. only, yeah, not only great characterization, but also a great character who's got just enough <laughs> uh, redemption possibility yeah. that he yeah. can come back he's got and charisma. work with them again. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. He's, he's still, he's like a bad guy. Yeah. But there's just enough because he's not the main bad guy. Right. right? True. Yeah. You know, it's perfect. Yeah. So yeah, they, they got a million other stories they could tell there. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think they need to do anything crazy with casting. Bring some people back, bring, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of all of them. It doesn't matter. You've yeah. got this wide world that they've, made interesting and mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah you know i, th- I think there's a lot of like diehard D fans who wanted uh drist this he's a super popular character in the novels mm. so every D novel just about that's been on the new york times bestsellers and there's been many of them <laughs> have this character drist who's this drow elf he's a cool character mm-hmm. um everyone wanted to be the first him to be the main guy in the first yeah. D&D movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad they didn't because you'd have to explain elves in detail. Uh, right, you'd yeah. have to, why is this guy running around with <laughs> this weird obsidian skin and shock white hair and mm-hmm. two swords and a panther? Uh, like, what is that? And that right. makes no sense, like, just saying that. So you'd have to explain all that in a way I that makes any sense. I think Hasbro just released an action figure of that they, character, yeah, too. Sure so I'm just like, <laughs> there's some, like, like th- th- through, you know, like, people will figure it out, I guess. Right. Well, I mean, they can always do the comically, uh, what they did in this movie, comically explain, like, mm-hmm. you know, right. the the background of who so-and-so. Right. Just like the, a quick... Yeah, well, yeah, I'm not saying you can't use them, yeah, but, but no. the point is, like, you, you had a, a very likable human cast. Yeah. You right. didn't have right. to explain yeah, anything. I don't think, I mean, you, they didn't even explain the Dork. Tiefling. Yeah. 
And they no. don't even explain that hardly. Right. Yeah. No, like, yeah. But she was no. the only one that wasn't, what was, not everything else was human, right? Simon is half elf, I think. But uh, yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. Yeah. might as well be human, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Pretty much, yeah, because we're a little racist, I guess. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Fuck I think, I think it's right, though. Like, it, species? It eases, oh, yeah, they, they, it they change the name. The, the I mean, like, they do start the movie with, like, a griffin person. Like, right, you know, right. yeah, like, yeah. Going over there, yeah, they yeah. let you know that this stuff is out there, So, yeah. which yeah. is perfect seating for any sequels. You want right. to have the dark elf? Bring him in in the sequel, but mm-hmm. having you know just some dude with a guitar as the main guy and, yeah. and a couple humans around him Love that. is perfect. Yeah, it works out so well as an intro, and now they can kind of start going in these weird. And directions. him being a bard, like not not being like a ranger or a paladin or something like that, where it's just like okay, what you would typically think. Yeah, he's, be, he's yeah. not yeah. a he's a, always a swordsman. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he, the, like I like that. His, his whole yeah. thing is to scheme and to plot. Right. The twist in the in the sequel is going to be that he was never a bard. He was a, he's a mastermind rogue, and he was just saying he was a bard <laughs> right. in order to get into the Harpers. I think. Oh, plot twist on the mechanics. Tim's writing the news. Yeah. The next yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's working on the next <laughs> you one. Hear it here, because he never casts a spell. Bards cast spells, man. Oh, that's oh. true. I I saw every oh, time he turned did? to the guys and was like, "This could work. This could work." I was like, "That's bardic inspiration." Yeah, he's, just, he's <laughs> yeah. Just laying yeah. it on right. Yeah. yeah, he does do the inspiration. You're right. You're right. Also, yeah. when he sings, he did change their mood to. Yeah. Uh, better, you know, to keep them motivated to keep yeah, maybe, going. Maybe they just removed any reference to it being spells. It's yeah. just more subtle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it certainly seems like it was really written by people who play the game oh, often, yeah. you know, which I really love. I, I love that. Yeah, and I think but, you said, you mentioned that the cast played a game as their own characters before they started shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I thought that was really cool yeah. just to do that. Well, and each one has a limitation, you know. I mean, the, the, the warrior, she... She can't do everything on her own, you know. Right. Bard can't do everything on her own. He needs he needs her strength. She needs his his uh, his know how. Mm-hmm. So that's what I loved about it. Everybody yeah. has their own strengths yeah. within. Yeah, within I, re- the, within I remember the you saying that in, the, in your episode when yeah. you talked about it, and that's that is absolutely the key point that they mm-hmm. that they I think they nailed probably best is they made it a D and D party. They didn't make it you know a movie with Chris Pine and some other people, right? You know, yes. or, or like Chris Pine, and Michelle Rodriguez, and a bunch of people you don't care about. Like yeah. it, it was like four or five characters who you care about equally, who all have equal time. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them happens to be Chris Pine, <laughs> you know, yeah. and one of them happens to be Hugh Grant. And <laughs> I, I think the portal heist was probably my, like oh, the man. best written oh, thing yeah. I've seen yes. in a long time. And in fact, it doesn't work at all. Made me so happy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was yeah. like, that's like some oceans 11 level stuff there. Yeah. Very much so, man. Um, have you ever been to Frankenstein's Tim? Frankenstein's? Yeah, Frankenstein now. Frankenstein. Oh, I it's guess. Frank and Son. But you guys said it's Frank and Sons. And, well, or, I mean, or I think Frank we we totally medelled yeah. it because we were yeah. just like it's been Frank and Sons for years. It's yeah. like no, apparently when the entire time I've known you guys, you've said Frank and Sons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and I, I swear in my there. brain, I yeah. see a picture of the sign with yeah. the yeah. When we got down there, it said Frank and Son. Yeah, yeah. But then Chad said, well, on their website, I think it says. I was like, well, I thought on Instagram it did have plural Frank and Sons, but. Maybe I, I was just like forcing that S on there, and I Uh-oh. he had more than one son. But you need he, consent before you force the S. I know, I know. That's my fault. That's my fault. Good but, job, Chad. What, <laughs> what am I walking into? What is this conversation? <laughs> That's Jersey, baby. Well, no, that, I mean now, but that 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 it it doesn't sound as good as Frankenstein's, right? Like it's he's got a family. He's a family man, right? You know? right. But now he's got Frankenstein. You know? Yeah. It's almost like uh, what was that old show with Red and. Uh, Sanford and Son, you know, like yeah, type of that. Yeah, no, on Instagram it says Frank and Son Collectible. There I'll you see, go. you know. 
Yeah, see, you guys. Yeah, you guys. Shout out to anyone who's who uh, remembers it being Frank and Sons and let us know yeah. on Instagram yeah. or something. That's, you guys lied to me. Pro- yeah. Prove the Mandela effect is real. Hashtag you, Frank and I Sons. I don't even know who Frank or his son is. <laughs> <laughs> so have you, do you remember this place? No. What is it? So Frank and Son is a collectible show. Uh, oh, so it's a permanent so Comic Con, basically. Basically a permanent. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a giant warehouse down in the city of industry, mm-hmm. um, which is filled with rows and rows and rows of booths of various nerdy, fun tchotchkes and stuff to buy. Yeah. And different you know, vendors. Yeah, different vendors that there's a lot of, like specific ones. Like there's the the NECA lady who just yeah. sells NECA stuff. There's you know a whole uh, a row that just does sports memorabilia and yeah. sports cards, which and, we kind of hustled through. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we're like, <laughs> you want to get to the wrestling yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. You gotta go down. That <laughs> but you know, and like uh, there's like Pokemon boots and you know and, and pop. Pops, oh my god, tons of pops, yeah. Sun, tons of Funko pops, and comic yeah. book boots, and you know, and uh, so we took a uh, a trip on Mother's Day. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was uh, four of us, no, five, 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 five of us, yeah. right? Uh, and we all headed down there with Stan's first time. And yeah. Stan, what did you think? Like, had, so like they had been talking about it? they had been talking about Frank and Son for a long time. Um, <laughs> sounds so wrong. It, sound, it does sound, sound wrong because like now now I say Frank and Sons because yeah. you guys you know. So, um, which he'll, I he'll have another kid at some point. Yeah, eventually, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, um, his daughter's like, Dad, what about me? <laughs> um, she became a doctor. Yeah, something, yeah. Un- something unimportant, <laughs> something <laughs> useful. Something <laughs> unimportant. Right. She doesn't yeah. want anything to do with yeah. these collectibles. Yeah. Um, so you guys have been talking about it for a long time, and I was, I, I pictured it as just a massive store full of collectibles. Yeah, that's right. what I thought it was. So, and you guys have been talking about it, and we had made plans before, and they had filled through. But so finally, a couple of us like, let's go down there. Okay. So we get down there in the, in the parking lot, and the, everybody in the car had been there aside from me. So all the, four, the other four guys, including Chad and, and Watson, were like, they were pulling in, and they're like, you guys are like, what's going on? Holy shit. Like, they're looking around the parking lot, and it's like, there's parking. And I'm like, what do you mean? And I'm, I'm thinking, like, it's just a store, dude. And they're right. like, no, no, you don't understand. Like, this, this, this is never like this. Yeah. There's always zero parking, lines around the corner. It's hard to get in there. And it's like when we come down here, we because have to park it, like a mile it is away. A, it is only open like three days of the week. It's yeah. open on oh, Saturday and Sundays and, and Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Yeah. Uh, and like only Wednesday afternoon, which is yeah, weird. Oh, really? But, oh, okay. So, you know, you get there and usually it is like you're driving around for 20 minutes trying right. to find a space. You know, you're fighting <laughs> off, you know, a million anime fans that are there to pick up their <laughs> stuff. And it was just, it was incredible. Like we got, we parked like right up front. Like yeah. it was like, this never happens. Right. So we get there and it's just, it's just, I didn't think it was, again, I thought it was just a, like a retail store. Yeah. But we drive up to it and it looks like a Costco. It's that big. And I'm wow. like, wow, what are we yeah. getting into here? So we, we will finally go inside and then I, I see what it is. It's just a permanent Comic-Con. It's just, wow. just imagine a Comic-Con with just right. on the floor on the main on the main floor with just tons of booths. That's all it is. And everybody I guess rents out their space. These vendors rent out yeah. their, yeah. the space, yeah. you know. Who knows how much they pay for it. But um and then they just each vendor has, you know, a variety of thing. toys, pops like we said, yeah. um, comics, you know, mem- uh, sports memorabilia stuff. So I thought it was really cool. I was like, "Oh, that's what this is such a good idea because I had never mm-hmm. like seen something like this." Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that's a great idea." And then you, some of the guys went down there for specific things. Watson, you you like to collect. Um, you were we went down there specifically for. Uh, well, I was looking for uh, the new Flash movie figures, mm-hmm. uh, and because they're like supposed to be out, I haven't seen one in the store. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and I'm sure they'll they'll make it a store in the next month or so. But just mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to be patient. And you know, I uh, I I. <laughs> 
I do collect action figures, but I'm trying to like pare everything down to be very specific. So yeah. I pick, uh, you know, I pick up the uh, uh, NECA Ninja Turtle movie, the 1990 movie figures. Yep. Oh, nice. And so I was able to pick up the like the last figure that I needed of that set, which is a uh, uh, the kid Danny. Who was in that movie? They made oh an action figure. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they I got yeah. myself a the Danny. most obscure yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love you. Sam Rockwell didn't get a character. I not know. Yet. That's, <laughs> not yet. That's you shocking. know what? It might still happen. They still have the rights to the the characters. So I'm sure they're like, who can we make next? Because there you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping it's the uh, the chief of police. Are you trying to tell me how to do my job? You know the <laughs> just, maybe the cameraman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. April needs a cameraman. Yeah. But. Oh uh, but God. yeah, no, I loved it. It was it was really awesome. And then it's just, um, I mean, I wasn't there anything sp- for anything specifically, right? You know, I did. But you up, did buy some stuff. I did you end did. up buying uh, Captain America buy. Shield, which is something I don't have. We pushed him to it. Yeah, you yeah. Did. Yeah. we were just like, he was like, just do it, just do it. Everyone has to. Oh, because they can haggle. Yeah, I was just about to say. So what they told me was the great thing about this place is you can haggle, which is like okay, that makes sense. And then they these it makes sense because how they explained it to me was like. If a, if a vendor says, hey, can you know, if you tell a vendor, can I have this figure for whatever, and they say no, you can just go a couple rows down and get yeah, the same one. Yeah, plenty of competition. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. Ma- and I was like, oh, that shit makes that's that makes right. a lot of sense. That's why a lot of like bazaars and and like markets, yeah, it's like in different parts meet. of the world are like that. And swap meets because it's like, yeah. well, the guy down the street, I mean, down the down the aisle has it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, literally, you can't give me twenty bucks off. I'll just go down here and he'll yeah. give me twenty. And bucks I was, now. I was literally like, you can go and take a pic, snap a picture of, of someone else's booth, and go over and be like, hey, they've got it for this much. Yeah. Would you match it, or will you go less? Wow. You yeah. know. So yeah, she was selling I'm it a, for I'm a cheap asshole. That's why. <laughs> well, make, yeah, yeah, makes sense. So she was selling it for I believe three hundred, and I said, well, I'll give you. I said one fifty, and she's like, okay. And wow, so she wow. gave it to me. For, yep. I was like, "All right, sweet." You know, so nice. they, yeah. So she, so I got a Captain America shield. It's you know, it's pretty nice. Pure vibranium. Did you post <laughs> pure vibranium? Did you yeah, post it on uh, deal Instagram? On I did not, but I will now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so um, that's one thing I wanted, and I got to figure out how to hang it. But you know, <laughs> yeah. once at a time. And on your back, that's where you. Yeah, hang, that's right. Man. Every yeah. day. <laughs> and there was a there was a guy who was selling like sideshow pieces, which mm-hmm. are like these. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh my god there was, and there were some beautiful pieces that's the thing I loved about it is that the displays they had for some of the figures were amazing and even some of the stuff they had like I, I saw I, I didn't know they had made a uh, urban um, uh, Judge Dredd uh, oh yeah character. it looks so awesome and I was like and I wanted to get it and he's like oh it's sold out and I was like okay well then there was a, a Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd figure right next to that one and I said, "How much?" For and he's like, "No, nah, it's sold out too." I was like, "God damn!" It. You know, so yeah. I definitely would have got the uh, the urban one because he uh, yeah. that looks awesome. And then Best Chad, friend. we went to a booth. We and uh, he, Chad, would you ask for like a Bebop and Rocksteady? No, I was I was trying to find, figure out if this guy because he had a bunch of the NECA uh, animated version of the '80s cartoon, and I was just seeing if he had a Bebop and Rocksteady. And it was like way down in the corner in the and like so piles I, of shit or on yeah, top of it. And I was moving it myself and he's like he was like, Oh, I'll get it. And I was trying to verbalize to him that I wasn't gonna be purchasing it. But he He, he was just curious. He didn't I was say, curious. No. Verbalizing meaning not saying anything I, until I, the guy I, moved I, everything. No, I clearly said I was like, I don't think, you know, I'm not gonna be able That's to get it. Some of these boots are so small and yeah. people stack like ten, you know, ten pounds of yeah, shit yeah. in a five pound bag. It's yeah, literally right. it's just like, oh my <laughs> and god! And so when the guy finally got to it after like digging for like half an I hour, I said it before Chad, he pulled it out. Chad was like, before I, I he pro- pulled it out, I Chad said goes, it. "I probably won't be able to pick it up today." He, 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 <laughs> and so I felt so bad. <laughs> no, but I was I was actually talking to the guy though because he also yeah, he takes did, yeah. he also takes trades and stuff like that. Yeah, so no, and no. I have some 
ones that I have unopened that uh, I didn't want, and I would be like, oh, I could put that towards a yeah. one yeah. I want to purchase from. Right. Yeah, he, was, he, like, he yeah. was very much into... they can turn a profit on those stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know? and he was into like talking, he'd talk to Chad about, like, have you seen this? Check it out. And then, yeah. and they oh, they didn't release that series until whatever, so... Yeah. I, but I did buy, I ended up buying a uh, Ronin action figure for, for, um, nice. for the Turtles. Yeah. Because yeah. oh, I, yeah. I had seen it in Best Buy a couple weeks ago, and there was only one left, and I was like, oh, "I'll come back for it." And I came back for it two days later, and it was gone. And I was like, "Damn it!" So I ended up buying <laughs> it. You know? yeah. I mean, that's the problem with these yeah. big box stores now is like you'll yeah. see yeah. one on the shelf. You right. know, like yeah. and it's it's so funny. Like I remember yeah. as a kid, like you'd walk in a toy aisle, and those toy aisles would be full. Tons. You know, those yeah. you know every peg would be just have like six or seven, and mm-hmm. they would never run out. And now, yeah. now, yeah, it's like if you don't buy it then and there, good luck. You those know, damn yeah. scalpers, scalpers, scalpers. And then sometimes employees are just like bag stuff and buy oh, yeah. for themselves. Oh yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's, that's why. Cool. Hey, uh, any person that works at Target or Walmart and Best Buy now, uh, because there's NECA yeah. <laughs> areas in, their, area. in yeah. their bag. Uh, but if you want to be my friend, and then. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I'll buy you like a chili dog at uh, what's that? I don't know. Pink's. Pink. No, the, the there's it's a good place. The, it starts with a W. Wine, wine Wiener schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna go take a Wiener schnitzel or Pink's. Okay. okay. Wow. You're so really whining. Dining so basically, basically a dollar hot dog. So <laughs> if you want to be Chad's friend and have diarrhea. <laughs> All right, maybe a Tommy's, okay? Oh, okay. Oh, 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 that's oh. the next level. Yeah. Wait, wait, tr- quick story. When my the one time my parents visited me in LA, uh, we went to Tommy's because uh, it was like two months after I moved here. I didn't know where to go, and we were yeah. just like starving, so we stopped at a Tommy's, and I was like, I don't know if it's going to be any good. My dad, who will eat anything, and he's he's always like, that was good. Any meal you put in front of his face, yeah. that was good. He ate there. He's like, that was disgusting. <laughs> really? okay. I, I got. A Tommy, I mean, it's not great. I got it's a Tommy stories too. So they're very, <laughs> they're they're very pungent sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I remember it. To this so day. years ago, um, it's in your DNA. Yeah, I get stuck there now. Yeah. Yep. So years ago, I was driving for Lyft, and um, I, and I used to work like late at night, and I was only doing it on the weekends. So it was, I was pretty making pretty good money. It's just a, and so I pulled over and I got a Tommy's burger. Like it was like midnight or something, and I was hungry, so I got a Tommy's right. burger. That's one does. It, yeah. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm driving around and I'm picking up customers, whatever. The night ends, whatever, without without incident. And I get a email from Lyft the next morning saying, "Oh, you've been doing a great job, but um, one of your customers complained about your hygiene, and apparently <laughs> they they feel that you maybe might need to use some deodorant." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, wow. was that, I was like the Tommy's Burger because it does smell. <laughs> yep. It smells like no, armpit, yeah, you know." Yeah. And I was like, "Damn it, Tommy's Burger! <laughs> Tommy's! Yeah. Tommy's! Yeah. Their burgers and their chili. Like and you it, get the chili burger. Yeah, right. Man, that's, that, yeah. yeah, you might yeah. as well be rubbing like raw ham. It's, it's like yeah. cumin it's, and yeah, something yeah. like." Onion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Onion, yeah. Just, just have no plans that day. I'm going home after. Yeah, don't, don't work do with it, the yeah. public. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. What are you eating that? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you need to work on your hydrating. So. <laughs> like, hey, did you have a Tommy's yeah. burger in here? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, anything else? Well, or? um, <laughs> did uh, you kind of briefly said about a, a game zero? Like, oh yeah, session zero. Yeah. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. So. So one of the things that um, you know is is kind of a recent um, invention in the in the gaming world. Um, it's probably been around forever, but um, not many people like systemized it or, or organized it really well. Is this thing called um, Session Zero, and um, <clears throat> Session Zero is where you can do. We talked about like that meta 
discussion of the social contract, what you bring to the game, and yeah. and how to deal with problems. Well, mm-hmm. you can you can solve a lot of that by talking to the people ahead of time and and getting on the same page, right? So we're gonna do a really quick session zero right, right now. Cool. Uh, so so we know what we're playing for next <laughs> week. So um, we've talked a little bit about some of these. So some of these might be duplicates. So I'll try to skip past those. Uh, so nostalgia versus modern streamlined. What are you guys thinking? Like now, I, I kind of have a feel for what your experiences are with D and D overall. But would you do you have any sense of? Oh, I'd love to try the old school way. Or do you want to stick with like what's the modern streamlined? Mm. Well, I mean the talking way, rules here. The rules? Mechanics. Okay. Yeah. Well, the when you were talking about the BX system, I, I found that to be very intriguing. How you that's your one of your favorites. But I mean, obviously, I've only played the five. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm open to either. Um, I'm more familiar, obviously, with the five. But BX did sound interesting as well. But uh, I mean. Yeah, it's BX too. Yeah, it seems like it's if it's your favorite, then I'd I'd love to go with that because I want to see, you know, doing your best with that. Yeah, right. Let's do it. Well, okay. Yeah. All right. So All right. dig deep. All right. Uh, so uh, tone. The tone of games. Uh, so D and D, we mentioned it's tactical mm-hmm. kind of role playing game. So I, you know, I th- I think we we all understand what that means and stuff. Um, but the tone is uh, can be something like, are we talking like? Do you want survival horror where you're mm. you're fighting the dark with one last torch <laughs> and you don't know what monsters around the corner? Or do you want to go on an epic quest like they did in the D&D movie and you got to like find the MacGuffin and, uh, you know, use it to defeat the the evil Lord Sauron or whatever? Like, <laughs> well, when you think of D&D and they kind of venture that right. you want to go on, is it is it more like a roguelike or mm. is it more like Final Fantasy? You know, mm. something like that. Interesting, and you, and you don't have to agree on the same thing. Yeah, I, mean, I can yeah. work with all things. I'm all about the survival horror. I like that. I kind of oh, like. Wow. I kind of would like to do that too. Yeah. The yeah. uh, I mean, that's a that's the thing for me. It's hard to choose between the two because I do like the aspect of survival horror because it changes it up, and I'm all for some new type of thing. So yeah, let, let's do the survival. It adds horror. some stakes. Yeah, some add drama. some stakes. Yeah, I like that. I like this because so I've I've played D and D with Chad. I've played D and D with Watson, uh, and we played very much in the more modern sensibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, using fifth edition, kind of a little bit more like epic, you know, fights and tactical mm-hmm. things. So this will this will be a good kind of switch up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Um, uh, we did answer that. So uh, do do. That answers that too. Sorry, I'm, we're getting right. We're checking boxes here. Also, yeah, Dan, great. Dan will be our, yeah. our fourth. Oh, Dan's going to yeah. be the yeah, fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Be the fourth. So. Okay. Yeah. Good, so good, so good. that's why I kind of do want to do survival horror to scare him. Oh yeah. <laughs> you you want to see Dan's him characters die? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I, yes. <laughs> okay. Creature with lots of holes in it. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> no. We don't want him to vomit. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a mini for that. Luckily for Okay, so so advancement. So one of the cool things about D and D, it's hard to do in a one shot. But there, there are ways to do it. Advancement in D and D is usually, you know, you get experience points mm-hmm. and you level up and you get new powers, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's that's pretty much true of so many games, right? Um, but D and D, what gives you experience points can be an interesting take on on, you know, altering the tone of the game and and how you want to play and what you want to play too. Yeah. So, what kind of things do you think will motivate you uh, to get experience points? Here, here's your choices. Mm-hmm. Money and glory. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to be more like freelancers, sell swords, mercenaries? You're not really in it to do necessarily good deeds, but you right. will if the pay is right. Mm-hmm. Um, or you might look the other way if the pay is right, too. Uh, so that's one. Um, skill or power increases. 
the just just power. I just want to mm-hmm. get power and get more and more of that. Um, customizing and defending a stronghold is mm-hmm. another one, or like your community that you're a part of. So maybe your characters are all from the same village and it's being attacked by goblins. So you want to shore up the defense of those towns. So you're on an adventure to get money to help the town bolster its. or something like that um and last but not least just heroic deeds do you want to just be the good guys you're in this Mm -hmm. to do the right thing you might get money and glory that you know that may come with it stan is shaking his head (laughs) (laughs) it's like like, i don't want i am a moral gray (laughs) i like i like the chaotic good han solo uh, approach to everything the the cell sword kind of thing Yeah. yeah i mean that's my yeah Okay, so so I think that leads to a lot more interesting yeah. uh, choices b- to be made, right? Yeah. Because, yeah. like you said, like you could do good deeds, but yeah. not necessarily have to. If we're in a tavern and some guy's being a dick to us and he's being jumped outside, eh? You might <laughs> run him through with a sword. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know, just something that could if we happen. if we walk outside and he's being robbed, eh? You know, it's <laughs> got not so, my yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. If he gets knocked out and they leave a couple coins behind, we're gonna take him. Right. You know? there you go. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we got Stan But if he's cool with us and he brought us a round of drinks and he's getting jumped outside, we're going to help him out. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. What do you guys think? Sam? I, yeah, I think it does lead to some better, like, I, I feel it like it's hard to just play the good guy, you know? Because mm, yeah. it does kind of like, not not handcuff you in any way, but it does kind of limit your options, you know, where, mm. you know, like, like, maybe I do want to turn on the group. I don't know, you know, or yeah. like, not not turn on the group, but you know, like do I mean, some, you know, like hey, you guys look over there. I'm just maybe. gonna, yeah, 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 yeah. If there's more money to be made, right? There you go. Yeah, you know, and I mean, our three of our personalities probably we would lean more in a sleaze bag type of way. <laughs> really, That's I true. did not expect that. I mean, in this conversation. <laughs> so I'm pretty not, sure my, not, my not third to, note is that they are sleaze bag. Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, yeah, not all full, you know, <laughs> but <laughs> I love that. But no, I I think that um, welcome to Enter the Nerd. Run my sleeves bag. <laughs> sleeves bag. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's the know. new uh, uh, refrain. Uh, new marketing <laughs> angle. But I mean, it's 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 more human. I get, I mean, oh, not shit. that we will each any of us will play a human, or, or maybe one will, but I don't know. Uh, mm. But the I think it's more uh, a trait where you know people will make those types of decisions where mm-hmm. it's good or bad and depending on you know how they're being affected so yeah i'm, I'm down with you know oh. playing morally gray characters <laughs> so yeah i love it, I love it. okay like, yeah so so you just experienced your first uh, session zero so, awesome. so we could do a lot more but i think we covered it by talking earlier of like you know what kind of tone D mm-hmm. has yeah. and stuff like that we covered a lot of those bases and um, you know, session zero is something that will kind of solves a lot of problems. Now we we all know going into this, you're going to be like mercenary characters. So mm-hmm. if if you turn on your employers because you see dollar signs, like this isn't going to be yeah. a surprise to anyone. Yeah. But it could be a very fun right. plot twist, right? True. Um, and and you know it could come along. And can we bring in characters that we already have? Can we do that? Ooh. Um. Yeah, I don't see why not. Cool. I have. have I mean, I have one D and D character I played over Zoom with a couple people. Yeah. His name is Mad Mardigan. He's the greatest swordsman that's ever lived. (laughs) I'm serious. That's his name. (laughs) And he says it a lot. I'm the greatest swordsman that's ever lived. And he's one of those like kind of dumb like and like oh so there's a room and like I yell YOLO and run in like let's go you know Uh, so you'll be the Leroy Jenkins yeah Yeah. you're you're our tank although although when I was barbarian character or uh he's like a swordsman like you know so when I was playing with that group um. We had a we had a wizard with us, mm-hmm. and so I was still thinking very tactically. And so I was like, so there was a, at one point we had, there was like a ladder that went down into the ground, 
and it was like this tunnel. So I, I told the wizard, I was like, man, just shoot fireballs down there to clear it out, dude. Right. Go. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that, dude. I'm like, all right, dude, like, we're going to, something's going to pop out as soon as we go down there. And sure as shit. Yeah. We went down there, something popped out of us. See, you should have cleared it. Right. Just like we cleared them with grenades. You should have cleared right? it with fireballs. Come on, dude. You know? So, yeah. You know, you, you know uh, a funny quick thing. I, the, the guy who actually ran my Vampire the Masquerade campaign that I mentioned earlier, he, he came from the military. He was, oh. I think he was infantry, but I could be wrong. But anyway, he, he, no, dumb as shit. Dumb as a rock. <laughs> well, he, no, this guy's really smart. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that's surprising or not, but he's really smart. But he, I love he, he, he said he, he would always play with other uh, military guys. That's yeah. how he started playing. And so they would do things like that. They would mm -hmm. go through the dungeon tactically. You know, this, they got a strategy for how to deal with every door, every trap, that's everything. Yeah. And then he'd play with us like, you know, plebeians. You know, <laughs> you know people like me who, who have no, no knowledge of that kind of stuff. Right. And he'd be like, you guys are always just fucking dying, getting me you killed. You can't clear room for shit. Yeah. He, he, he hated playing D and D with the, with the, the normals. You know? Yep, that's funny. Um, so that's hilarious. So this will be my first time playing D and D with, awesome. with someone who actually knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> but he's got to deal with the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, let me this kick the store open. Yeah, <laughs> it just blows up yeah. on our face. Well, I mean that happened. To, Stan's uh, like, yeah, he's like doing like rolls and tucking rolls into corners, and we're just like eating chicken. In although the I did right, yeah. one time, uh, we were Austin attacking this guy, and I, I jumped off the top of this um, like a platform. And I was like, oh, I do a uh, do a barrel flip in the air, and I come down on my sword, but I had to roll to see, and I got a one, and I totally fell flat, uh, yeah. flat on my face, <laughs> land like, on your and, sword, and I, like, yeah, and I like knocked myself out. And I was like, damn it! But I was like, did it look cool? It was like, yeah, to the more that, that you that you <laughs> yeah, knocked yourself yeah. out, I was like, well, okay, cool. Yeah. That's yeah, the beauty <laughs> of the game. There, there were there was a game I played uh, uh, years ago where the group of us we were heading to the top of the stairs where it was like a dilapid uh, dilapidated. Uh, uh, castle and there's this door and uh, we were deciding it's like oh should we should we like listen or should we just go right in or mm. something and then uh i forget if it was me or someone else but we were like let's just, let's just kick this puppy open and then right behind the door is a dragon that just sprays us with poison and the whole <laughs> everyone's like down and i was like oh no but i mean that was it was hilarious I made bad choices yeah it was, it was lots of fun though was like, uh, yeah that is D D. yeah didn't you drink formaldehyde once <laughs> oh no i uh that was, uh, that was the game, game i played yeah. with tim yeah uh like dan dared you to or something no 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 uh, uh i dared adam his bush character <laughs> yeah i believe right. he was he was hidden a bush hidden yeah hidden yeah so okay. it, it seemed like a bush was just following the party around, yeah. like doing all the stuff, attacking, throwing stuff out of it. But it's actually just a halfling who used the bush as a disguise. So okay. yeah, sneak around. Interesting. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a whole thing. It was we weird. were just in this one room where there was apparently some formaldehyde behind. And I was like, hey, <laughs> was like I'll give you like uh, some gold coin if you uh, drink that. And then. He did it and he got damaged. I, I not yeah. too much oh, or yeah. something. Yeah, he's like surprised. He made some like critical saving yeah. throw, and so he he survived it. Like guys were just gonna kill him outright. I, I felt bad it. afterhand because I I didn't know he was weakened. Well, there was that, but like I heard after some of the other people playing were like, oh, they we were kind of playing a different way than yeah. they wanted to, and I was like, oh, that's my bad. I, you were in your own you know, game party, right? Now. I was yeah, I was yeah. having fun, you know. Yeah, but, that, uh, that was a fun session. Yeah. Well, we ended literally with uh, was Chaz the wild character. Card. Like uh, Paul saying something about like the 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 beer god because she was a cleric of the beer oh, god. Oh yeah, yeah. She, she, the whole session, she she got into a few fights. She didn't do a whole heck of a lot though. And like we played this whole session for her because she came back to town. She, mm, she yeah, she came back to town. So we we're having this whole session for her. She didn't. <laughs> 
you know, partly due to roles and stuff. It wasn't uh-huh. like her playing, but, you know, she just didn't get a lot of airtime. And then the very last thing they do, they come across like this vampire or ghoul or some horrible <laughs> undead. And she's like, I can turn undead. It says so on my character sheet. It's like the only thing clerics can do at level one or whatever. And so she's like, I sell I yell, in the name of the beer god, be gone with you. <laughs> yeah. and, and her holy symbol, I think, was either a bear chest or a tankard. I forget. Because there was definitely yeah. a bear chest at some point in this game. Yeah. And so, you know, she yells it out and she succeeds on her turning roll. It just like vaporizes the ghoul <laughs> as oh, the last amazing. thing is like, and the session's over. Yeah. All right. It's wow. it 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 so good. It's so good. Um, so, so the session that we're going to play, mm-hmm. uh, what I'll do is I'll, I'll get the character you know, tell me whatever you want. We can do it by email or message or whatever okay. after. If you guys have characters too, tell me about them and I'll come with the pre-generated characters and mm-hmm. you'll just slap on the name okay. and look and feel and I'll, and I'll go off of what you tell me. So you'll have the same kind of gear or whatever. Um, and it, because we're going to do this old school survival style, you're also going to have a few hirelings. Ooh, so you're wow. actually going to have multiple characters you're going to be running and BX is simple. So it'll oh, be okay. super easy to do. Awesome. No problem. So you're going to have your little henchman. It'll be like Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where you have your <laughs> guys it. with the coconuts, oh, yeah. you, know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, marching behind you, carrying all your crap. And uh, hopefully you'll get them killed before you guys. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully so. Yeah. All right. I can't wait. Yeah. So that's how we'll do it. Sounds great. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, well, yeah. Tune in uh, for the next episode, and we'll be we'll be playing a game. Yeah, the yeah. next episode is going to be a full D and D session. Yeah, nice. Bring your bag of dice. <laughs> yes, yes, bring your bag of dice. Grab some uh, whatever jerky or nuts <laughs> you'd like to chew on, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll have some. Tim, did Got you want to plug nice. anything at all? Uh, um, like, I don't know if you have any. Or I mean, where can they find you if they? Yeah, uh, so yeah. Uh, I'm pretty much off the socials nowadays because you know I'm an old guy and so I, I yell at the internet. Um, <laughs> but I, I do still vaguely maintain my website timbanick.com, which has a bunch of uh, old, you know, some of it aging now, but some of it's somewhat recent uh, resources for role playing games because I was always. Uh, a DM, and so I always wanted to inspire other people and give people tools to to make gaming easier and more fun. So there is actually a ton of stuff on there for awesome. a lot okay. of different game nice. systems. Um, so yeah, timbanic.com. I've published a few things. You can also find them through that website um, that are on places like Drive Through RPG and Itch.io, mm-hmm. which I mentioned earlier. I have a few publications. Most of them are my cousin's games. I um, helped him edit and uh, add art and, and, and publish them. So they're oh, awesome. you know, fully nice. realized awesome. game nice. systems. So, Great. yeah, look out for those. There's some fun stuff in there. That's dope. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to another episode. And of, thank you for Tim oh, for coming on. Oh, yes. Really thank you for thank Tim. You, Tim. Thank you. I mean, well, you, well you, and we'll see you again, obviously. <laughs> yeah. We're just yeah. going to stick you in a closet for a week. Yeah, we're so. just yeah. going to. Yeah. That sounds don't like have better any. than where I've been. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you where that was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's an off-air conversation. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter uh, and uh, like and subscribe and rate. Yeah, don't forget to rate and review. Send us hate mail. Oh, yeah. You know, gmail.com, enter the nerdom at Mm -hmm. gmail.com. And all the the jazz, whatever. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Enter enter the nerdom, exit the... Tabletop? I don't know. I got. I that was a bad one. No, that's all I got right now. (laughs)